hit it. everyone and welcome to this deletion myth live stream episode 146 13 january 2018 coming at you like an angry man who thinks you've been dating his daughter but you haven't it's actually is her fresh friend you're trying to use her to get to them so anyway so he's just confused but he's still coming at you my friends and there's no escaping that was, that was oddly convoluted and specific no comment okay <laughs> Just let it be known. Say, no, I'm after her friend. will not get you out of an ass beating. All right. No. So, no. and then you date her anyway, then. So, then I'll show him. I am Alex Garthon Marsh. With me, as always, is Brett Heath and Dog Grissomer. Hello, everyone. Glad to see you. Well, not yet. Not yet. We Glad can't to hear you. see anyone. And even if we could, I, they could see us, we couldn't see them. That's true. Glad you were going to be able to see me in a minute. If only there was some magical way to make that happen. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> How have you been? I've been well. How about you? Ah, I've been pretty good. Can't complain. Well, I can, actually. I'm pretty good at it. I've had some yeah, experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty good at complaining. That's right. I mean, I was in the military, so that does give so you some experience. Quite, quite a lot of experience. Yeah, but I wasn't in one of the good services. Like, if I was in the Navy, I would be able to complain for hours. I would. While simultaneously getting nothing done. I love you out in the Navy. Okay, uh, it says the restream chat is – I have it up, and I just typed, and it worked. But it's not showing in the chat. No, it is not you showing might, in the chat. Yeah, you might have to actually disable it and enable it again. What, the chat? Yeah. Oh, man. I know. Joop. Joop. Nope. Joop. Joop. I can click a button like no one's business. What if we do you have to refresh something? No, I'm I'm up. Uh I I just typed hello all in it. I see that. And it yeah, and it came up in uh Twitch as well, so it's up. Just for some reason it's not up in OBS. Hmm. Which is sad. That is sad. That's very sad. Wonder why that is. Yeah, grab from restream.io. Look at all my mm -hmm. settings real quick. But you go ahead in advance, yeah, and, and yeah, uh, while yeah, you're yeah. doing that, I'll I'll take on the other stuff. All right, so uh, this week we're going to go over Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog with anime on the stream. Talking about Devilman Crybaby. I was just thinking about watching that the other day, so this is very timely for me, actually. Oh, good. good. Yeah, this came out on the 9th. Yeah. Yeah, it, it came out on January 9th. I was, so... a, I was a fan of the original Devilman. When it yeah, in the 70s? Well, I, uh, was it 80s? The, the, the first one came out in the 70s, and then the other stuff came out, like Devilman Lady and Devilman yeah. This, Devilman That. That came out in the 80s and 90s. But Well, I saw uh, the original Devilman animation at a gaming convention called Hexacon back okay. in 1989 or 19 – it had to be 1990. Um, and this was the time where, like, basically the only way to get anime, or as they called it then, Jap animation, was on videotapes. Mm -hmm. And yep. anything, any slight, anything that wasn't Robotech, you were getting watching at a con. Uh, that... Dragon Ball Z. You could get. I I got. Uh, yeah, you could get Dragon Ball one, Z. 
200 and something on VHS. I bought a giant crate of it. Yeah, you could get that. But in general, you were getting like tapes of tapes, you know. Yes. So yes, it, was, it, was a, it was a sad time for your anime loving nerd. Uh, also, Full Metal Alchemist. Oldie but goodie. That's right. I've only ever seen zero episodes of that, actually. Wow. Never watched it. I, I am. I am indeed. In Garthon's comic book, we're talking about Action Comics number 995. Five issues away from 1,000. That's kind of exciting, actually. It is. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Gold Annual number one. And Avengers number 675, which on the cover says, No Surrender number one. So... No surrender number one. It says <laughs> Avengers. No surrender number one. It looks at the left. It says 675. So when I told Heathen Dog what I was doing, I said Avengers. No surrender number one. Without realizing, oh, it's Avengers number 675. When you look at the official oh. site. So, uh, so I, I tweeted yeah. incorrectly. No, I gave the wrong information. You tweeted correctly. Okay. You did as you were told. All right. That's all anyone could ask for in this life. And in RNG, we're going to talk about a new mechanic being introduced to Star Trek Online: the re-engineer mechanic. It's a curious beast that we're all a little a Twitter about, a little buzz. Yes, so, and I have all of my wonderful conjecture ready to spill forth the, the doom and gloom of this new mechanic. That's right. The absence of facts, wild rumor, speculation will reign. Wahaha. Even with facts, that'll happen. Yeah. Welcome to the modern news. All right. Hey. Calm like I see him, folks. And as such, the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire vast, powerful, all-consuming, Illuminati-oriented Legion of Myth organization. And the Illuminati are not provable. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasions of foul or even offensive language or ideas. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Language is your department. Ideas are mine. <laughs> We're coming to being offensive. Actually, now it's kind of both. We kind of share the offensive part. Yeah, the language is mainly you, though. Yep. Actually, it's mainly someone who's not in this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, such is life. As always, if you like, you can subscribe or comment on. You can find us on Twitch, on YouTube, on Reddit, on Facebook. Look for Legion of Myth. You can go to our Twitter page. You can well. Go to Twitter, tweet us at Legion of Myth, check us on Discord, Facebook Messenger, or join our Steam community, which has been happening. I've seen people joining that. Yes, I see that. Uh, get the audio version of this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, or find podcast aggregators everywhere. If you're going to iTunes, go ahead and drop us in. Give us a five-star review. We do appreciate it. It does make a difference. Yes. And you can type whatever you want in it. Just yeah, give yeah. It five just give us five stars. You can say, like, one star for every time they, for how much they suck, you know. Every time they what suck, else? I give them a star. They got ten. Yay! Yay! We'll take I it. I can't. I can only go to five. That's right. We'll take it. So, Whatever. but what else we'll take is our support. We love people's support. We have an updated Patreon page. You can check that out. Go to Patreon for Legion Myth. A Twitch streaming subscription, a Streamlabs donation direct through PayPal, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. Look at these good-looking people wearing Legion Myth T-shirts right now. Well, one of those. Duh. All right. So, do you like that? Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right. We will, of course, go over this later. Repeating for those needing. First off, though, we are going to talk about Anime on the Stream with Heathen Dog. All right. Thank you very oh. much, Garthon. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Anime on the Stream. And today is a red letter day. It is. Both, both of these of these fine anime can only be found on Netflix. Insane. I know. Mind-boggling. And we're going to go to the first. First is Devilman Crybaby. Devilman. 
crybaby. And trust me, he's a crybaby. Anyway, uh, Akira Fudo. <laughs> right. uh, he learns from, from his, his best friend, uh, Ryo Asuka, that demons are revived. And they're taking over the bodies of humans. And they're going to try and take over the world. Wasn't Fudo well, the name of a Japanese card game that Nintendo made? I, I so. could not say. All I know is that it's a dumb name. It Unless is. Unless it's the name of a card game. It's just really a dumb name. Anyway. Uh, uh, Rio, it, in the, in the, in this opening, this, this is, this is an opening from, from Netflix. It says Ryu, Rio suggests combining with a demon. More of a push you into it type thing. Like, oh, look, there's a bus. Uh, uh, push. Hoping that, you know, hoping that it'll work out. And it did. Uh, he, he was, uh, he was able to, to suppress the demon within him, but let's move on to the particulars. Particulars for this are, uh, Masake Yuasa, thank you, uh, written by, uh, Ichiro Okauchi. Yeah, uh, Music sure. by Kensuke Ushio. Studio is Science Saru. Ooh, Licensed by Netflix. Original network is Netflix. Original run, it all came out, all 10 episodes, January 5th. And, of course, because Netflix bought it and they produced it and they licensed it, you can only watch it on Netflix. That's right. Now, let's get to the main character, Akiro Fudo, also known as Devil Man. He is the protagonist. He's the hero. Uh, since he was a little kid, he's had a problem. Uh, I said here, bad case of the feels, but anyone who is in their 40s would call him a sissy Mary. All right. I'm, okay, I was just about to say it looks like a, like a sissy pants. Yes, yes. Sissy Pants, Sissy Mary. Uh, uh, Susie is not out of the realm of possibility. Nancy Boy. Uh, for, for anyone in their twenties, he would he would be he would be a poster child for for uh, gender neutral uh, feelings feelings appropriate situations. I guess <laughs> is the term for something like that. Being a Nancy, he's in constant but, uh, need of a safe space. Exactly, constant need of a safe space. Uh, actually, uh, I have a, I have a clip of this as a kid. Uh, be before we play it. Uh, I'm gonna set it up a bit because I had to cut it some. Uh, he he and his his friend Rio, they've been knowing each other since they were like five or six. Uh, came across a dying cat had mange. It had uh, it was out in the in the rain and the cold for a long time. It was it was sick. It was super sick. It was deathly ill. And and Rio is like, we should just kill it, get it out of its misery. And. Fudo went nuts and he grabbed the cat in a box and he ran away to make sure that Rio couldn't kill it. And then Rio looked for his friend later and he found him crying over this box with a dead kitten in it. And that's when we see the clip. Go ahead. Is it meant to look like a Saturday morning cartoon? Well, it, uh, I'm going to get into that. Just Don't in worry. the scene? Because it's no. a flashback? No. No. Oh. oh. Looks like an episode of Caillou. Sorry. No, no, don't be, don't be sorry. I mean, his the Ryu Rio's head so smooth it should be bald. I get it, I get it. But I'm gonna talk about the animation at the end. All right, all right. Now, uh, his his case of the feels just keeps going into adulthood. This is him as a 16 year old still crying. Now wow. the thing is, the thing is. He cries for everyone else. He never cries for himself. If you beat him, cut him, break him, he will not cry. But if someone is sad and is holding it in, 
he feels it's his job to cry for them. So it's like he's like the much sissier version of crying Freeman. Yes. Who only cries much, when he kills someone. Yes. The 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 much the much nancier version of someone who has a real purpose. Now. <laughs> Uh, but but this is good because Ryu Rio uh, I keep saying Ryu because you know that's the more common name that I hear. But Rio is his friend's name, the blonde-haired kid. Uh, sees this as an opportunity. That oh, right. uh, yes, and he he purposefully gets his friend in, in, infested with a demon because he figures that since demons lack emotions like these, it would just drive it nutters and it would go. It would go insane. And so the demon couldn't stand him. The demon couldn't stand the feels because it, for, for a moment they were sharing the same body as the demon was trying to take over the mind of, of uh, Akira Fudo. And then he felt everything Akira Fudo felt and it's his brain and the demon's brain died. <laughs> he just couldn't handle that much sissiness. Couldn't handle that much, that much sissy Mary. <laughs> In him at all. Could not. Couldn't I don't do think it. that's how they put it in the show, probably. No, that's not how they put it in the show, but that's exactly how it actually is. Like, oh, God, I, 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 went, in the, I went in the body of a, of a Nancy Sissy Mary. I should just kill myself. That's what happened. <laughs> I think that's really what happened. They just didn't write it that way. But uh, it, immediately he gains the physical body of a demon, now of a devil. Now, what that means is that uh, he has two forms. He has a human form, which is enhanced by by the by the devil form that he's holding inside and then he can transform into the full-on devil form still maintaining his human emotions and intellect because the because the demon's brain actually died in in response to feeling <laughs> all the feels okay now uh this this allows him to become a devil man that uh, rio actually names it that a devil and a man in one body so uh, get a really cool white the... zombie song in the background Exactly, yes, but it'll be wasted on this <laughs> okay. pile of crap. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, when, 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 the, when the devil takeover of humanity really starts ramping up, a certain percentage of people also become devil men, quote-unquote devil men, who, the, who are, who are uh, so empathetic to other people that the devil inside them dies. Well, I guess the meek really will inherit the earth then. Yes, but of all of Devilman, he was the most with the feels. So he has, so he has the most control over over the over the the devil instinct, which is you know fornication, violence, murder, and physical death, domination. Kill. Yeah, and murder, death, kill of everything around you. He has the most control over these instincts because because uh, his devil died all, all but immediately upon feeling. <laughs> now let, let let let's go to. Uh, just as interesting yet for the other reason character. If someone proposed this as a basis of their RPG character, I would just be staring at them like, what? <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Why would I let you on this team? Yes, uh, no one no one wants you here, man. Go away. Anyway, uh, our, our second main character is Ryo Asuka. Now, he is also a protagonist, maybe, kind of, sort of. Uh, he has the opposite problem that, uh, that Fudo does. He has a complete lack of feels. He's, uh, I, I am not a psychologist, but if he were, if he were to be diagnosed with sociopathy, I would not be shocked at all. I'd be like, mm, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, he, uh, he has a complete lack of, of empathy for, for anyone else, but, uh, he, 
he has an excuse for these emotional problems because he was found with no memories at five years old on a, on a clifftop in the rain. No, real twisty so, said if you were the GM, they'd be untimely at quick end. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, anyway, so he's allowed to have some 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 issues. Now, uh, he supports Fudo in his work of killing all the devils because. Because uh, he, he lives he, on Earth and doesn't want to call of devil. Exactly, exactly. I want I want you to think about this. All right, sure. You don't want to be friends with the sociopath. All right, because yeah, here I am you're with always you going to come second, second to whatever he wants. Right? right. In in his mind, you're always going to be second to whatever he is wishes for at the moment, whether it be an ice cream cone or a puppy or whatever. You, your well being, whether you live or die, is a distant second place. But in a war. With humanity's survival at stake, you want someone in your corner that can help you make the call that's going to save the most people, no matter the cost. And that's what a sociopath can do for you. So, yeah, all right. In this instance, this is a good fit. You know, Fudo has too many feels. He needs he needs to be pointed in the right direction to get the job done. And so you have a sociopath do that. Okay. Does cool. he cry as he kills other devils? No. Well, oh, oh, Fudo? No, 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 no. Okay. No. He, does, he has no empathy for devils at all. Oh, good. None. He has, his empathy is only for human beings. Okay, and kitties. So, and, 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 and dying cats, yes. Okay. Now, he documents everything. Now, for, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to show uh, clip number one uh, for, for Rio. We're going to do that right now. And, it's happening. Uh, okay, you're, you're going you're gonna to see this. Ouch. Yeah. He's like bleeding. This, yeah. Yeah, th this is uh, this is right after he realized that. Wow, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> I might have made the worst devil ever. <laughs> yeah, th this is this is Fudo in his full-on devil form. Seems pretty happy about it. <laughs> this, he 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 was just transformed, so he has no conscious control over over the devil form yet. He's he ran on basic instinct. He killed all the devils in the room. And unconsciously did not harm a single human being. That's good. So, you know. So, hey, mission you. accomplished. Yeah, great. And uh, 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 Suka documents everything. Uh, all of his devil kills, he documents with a, with a camera. So, you know, when, when truth comes out, because it will, you know, when they win the war, they, he, uh, uh, Asuka wants everyone to know that Fudo was the hero on the front lines, and you're alive because of him, and this is the sacrifice he made. Yeah, that's right. That, so that's, don't, that's don't kill him because he Yeah, and job. please don't kill him because he saved all your lives and your children and everyone you care and love about. Now, he protects Fudo's secret because if it gets out too early, then he'll just be lumped in with all the other devils and then their, their greatest weapon against the devils will be lost. Right. Now, the way he does this is a little more indiscriminate than Fudo would like, and that's what brings us to clip number two. Clip number two. She's be threatening someone. Yeah, that's someone who actually got footage of Fudo as Devilman. Oh. Only he is allowed to have footage of him as Devilman. Well, he can't trust anyone else with it. Fair enough. And bickety bam. That's all she wrote. And Fudo is not happy about that because he just killed a human being. Well, but, yeah, yeah, he'd be a but, little upset. Yeah, but Asuka's like, you know what? I gotta protect your secret. If it got out now, then the human race is dead. So you gotta suck it up, Buttercup. That's just <laughs> yeah. how it is. 
and you, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take this one for the team. You but, got a lot of friends. I'm all you got. So yeah, pretty much it. I'm your friend. I'm the only one you got left. And I'm, I'm a sociopath general <laughs> for the human army. So you I'm, know, the, I'm the only one who doesn't care about your emotions enough to be able to stand to be near you. Exactly. That's it. Anyway, so uh, let's move on to the antagonists. Now, the in the beginning of the film, the antagonists are the devils. And you're like, you dog, what do you mean the beginning of the film? <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Oh. Anyway, uh, they want to reclaim the world as their own. Yes, reclaim. Fair enough. They used to rule rule the world. And uh, we uh, they, they actually allude, they don't come out and say it, but they allude to the fact that uh, all of the fossilized remains that you that we say are dinosaurs, they're actually, they, they were demons. <laughs> and a, a giant rock came from the sky, collided with the earth, and at the, it cracked the crust, causing volcanic ash everywhere, and they all died out very rapidly. The, the, only things, the only things that survived are what the demons ate, the little tiny mammal rodents that lived under the ground, who, who then you know, evolved into human beings, right? Yep, yep. Now, they have no uh, level of empathy, higher or lower. I don't know why I wrote higher. That was dumb. Higher or lower level of empathy for anyone or anything, themselves included. They don't care. Uh, demons live on instinct and instinct alone. You you perpetuate your genes by by having sex with the most demons. You perpetuate your survival by killing the most obstacles. Fair that's enough. what you do. That's all you do, and that's that's how they live. They have no other. You know, they have high, they have higher intelligence, but their their lack of empathy governs how that higher intelligence is is uh, what what direction it's taken. Probably not good at working in teams or anything. No, they're not very good at working in teams unless there is a clear alpha. Not a lot of farmer demons out there. No, not a lot of farmer demons out there. Now, uh, the way the way demons work is hyper evolution. They they merge with uh, another creature, subsume its body, and take on its most desirable traits, and reject the undesirable ones. So they are like evolution on steroids. If if uh, if a, a new mutation comes along <laughs> that creates a stronger predator, they will immediately attack this predator. And if they win, they will they will consume it and gain its its uh, its predatory trait that made it the apex predator. Now they are again the apex predator. So, yeah, they're constantly on the top of the food chain, no matter what. It took you know a giant. It took everything dying for them to be the sky. Yeah, it took everything dying. It took ninety nine percent of the life on the planet dying to get them off the top. So you don't want them back there at all. You don't want that. That's a bad idea. And like, you know, in their day, they were the pinnacle of evolution and they're on their way to being the pinnacle of evolution again. Now, let's look at the other antagonist. People. Yay. People individually are smart, thinking individuals capable of immense problem solving and winning the day over grossly, outstandingly awful odds. People as a group are stupid weak and pathetic that's the j speech for men in black yes there you go and uh uh in this anime when humans find out about devils they react in the worst way possible they went worst case scenario in this anime on how humans would react to the idea that 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 devils exist and they're eating other people and they're growing stronger and stronger every day mass killings nukes nuking cities that they figure eh, it's probably far it's probably too far gone to save nuke it 
uh, people who are suspected of being demons, being tied to posts and burned at the stake like witches. Just the worst parts of humanity. Worst case scenario, they decide to go with it in this anime. Fair Just enough. All of it. You know, pick your holy book, flip to the end. That's what the humans are acting like it is. Just like that. I can see it. Yep. Now, throughout this entire thing, the way I've been talking about this, you, you, you got to be shocked looking at the slide that says three and a half stars. You have to be shocked. I was shocked. After <laughs> 10 minutes, I was like, this thing is getting one and a half or two stars at most. I could be talked down to one very easily. <laughs> very easily. But, after, but I always, always give it three episodes. Always give every anime three episodes. Have Sounds to. fair. I can't bail until three. And after three, I, would, I should actually slam my fist into the table going, damn it, it got me. The story is amazing. It's well thought out. There's no holes. Everything happens for a reason. And if that reason is not spoon-fed to you, it is it is done so in the background to where any normal intelligent human being can figure it out. It's an amazing story and the plot is solid. And and even the backup characters who only show up in one or two episodes, they get growth. They get at least a modicum of character growth based on not just the actions of the main character or or the main antagonist but other ancillary characters around them or stuff happening in the background. It was a very well put together story and extremely well executed. Shocked. I, I I'm shocked too that after all that, that's, Oh hey, God, the story impressive. is amazing. I hate it. I hate the story. I hate it, but it was good. It was really good. I've had that experience. Yes. Now, Here's the bad stuff, which there is a lot of. I just boil it down to three things because I would run out of stuff on the page. Run out of pixels. Yeah, run out of pixels in this thing. Now, the nudity, violence, and gore in this thing are off the chart. Absolutely off the chart. At first blush, you would say it is inconceivable that any story requires this amount of gratuitous nudity, violence, and gore. Wrong. It's an <laughs> integral part of the story. That's why I put an asterisk on there. I it, still hate it, but I understand that is an integral part of the story because that's how devils live. They live by their instinct alone. Fair enough. So that is woven into the story of the devil man because he has to live with these instincts as well. So he has to be constantly tempted by them. So they have to come up often. To, to show the, the, the spiritual and moral growth of the main character throughout the story. Right, it wouldn't just do the same thing if he said, oh no, I saw boobies and was tempted today. No, no, they have to keep ramping up so, so, the, so the hero gets better and better at it. You know, it, it makes sense. I hate it. It makes sense. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, here's what doesn't make sense and why this thing doesn't have four and a half stars. On story alone, I knocked out three stars from the first 10 minutes of this movie of this of this series because of the horrible body morphing and general animation alone that those clips that you saw were like the cream of the crop animation wise <laughs> this thing is awful 
this thing was what wait uh, let's let's go back to the actual useless person uh no i don't have him in the credits thank god because i would call him out as a hack the person in charge of the animation he's a hack he's either the worst person in the business or given the worst time frame of all time ever like you have to make this 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 10 episode basically a movie of the week type thing and well, you have three is it one weeks of those things where he no. like saw like the current style? Uh, it's kind of like because that body morphing like whoosh type junk that people uh they've seen a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did yeah. he just like uh, try and run out in front of that with a big baton and say, "Oh, I yeah. love this so much," and that's just his big thing? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter his motivation. There's no excuse for this nonsense. <laughs> all right. Now, what if anyone watching doesn't understand what body morphing means? I, this is this is an example. All right. Now, when someone takes a punch, to, uh, a wild haymaker punch, they wind up. And they come forward and just fly. Now, in normal life and in good animation, when they wind up and they go, you still have straight line, angle, straight line, angle. You know, it's all lined up. In body morphing, during the swing, it becomes one continuous half circle. Maybe the fist gets giant or something weird. Yeah, the fist gets giant for a second just to accentuate your point. Shut up. The only point you're accentuating is that you completely cheaped out the animation. You didn't want to draw all the frames necessary to create a believable fast motion. You're fired. Get out. You're a freaking hack. Sounds like that works in a comedy, but we're trying to be serious. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely not a comedy. All right. Now, like I said, it blew three stars on that. The, the story alone brought it up a star and a half. The story on the strength of the story alone brought it back up to watchable status. Now, if you like your stories to have a happy ending, yay! don't watch this. Aww. Don't do it. I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm going to refer you to the John Woo classic, The Killers. Oh, everyone dies. No, not just everyone dies. Everyone dies, nobody wins. <laughs> everyone dies and, and no one gets what they want. Exactly. Everyone dies, no one gets what they want, and everyone who's left is sad. It's like that. It's gut-wrenchingly bad ending. No, no. It's a good ending. Story-wise, it's an amazing <laughs> it just... ending, and it makes perfect sense. But if you're a red-blooded American... Who, who likes the winners to win and the losers to lose. And the and, commies to pay. And then the commies to pay and the guys in the white hats to get the girl at the end. <laughs> Keep going, brother. Keep going. Don't watch this. Don't do it. All right. Now, that was Devil Man Crybaby. Now, we're going to the other end of the spectrum on this one. We're, 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 go, we're going not only in the past 15 years, but... Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, animation-wise, Full Metal Alchemist. Yay! Full Metal Alchemist is a story of Edward and Alphonse Elric, who, uh, through, uh, well, through generally fault of their own, uh, uh, get to get pulled in to to the world of uh, of the military and and, uh, and and alchemy to try and correct a wrong that they did as they were children, like 10 and 11 years old, they made this mistake and are paying for it for the rest of their lives. It's, it's, it's again, a great story, gut-wrenchingly sad, but has a happy ending. So 
I'm not taking you there again. Don't worry. It's got a happy ending. But first, let's go into the details. Uh, directed by Seiji uh, Mizushima, written by Sho Aikawa, music by Mishiro Oshima, Studio Bones, licensed by Madman Entertainment, Aniplex America, and Anime Limited. Original network in 2003 with JNN and Animax. Original run October 4th to October 2nd, 2003 to 2004. Episodes 51, and you can watch it only on Netflix. You can watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is a different series that came out in 2009 on Hulu, but not the original, which is what I'm reviewing right now. Important distinction. Now, another important distinction before we move on is that Netflix has it as one season of 51 episodes. I disagree with this because it has several, uh, several story arcs along one grand theme arc. It can easily be uh, cut up into four, maybe even five seasons. And, you know, just for, just for reference sake, and you wouldn't, you would, no one, no one would say you're wrong. But Netflix decided just lump it all into one episode, one season, boom, all 51 yeah, episodes in one season. Them. Don't worry about it. It's easier for them, whatever. Anyway, let's move on to the main characters. Edward Elric. He is, he is our uh, primary protagonist. Uh, since he was a child, like seven or eight, he was gifted in alchemy. Now, alchemy isn't magic in this world. All right, this this is this is an alternate reality to ours. This isn't this isn't our world. It's based in uh, nineteen ten, in an alternate reality nineteen ten. All right, so they have steam level technology stuff like that, diesel some diesel engines and stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. But all trains are all steam because that's the way it is. Anyway, uh, alchemy is a science. Uh, to understand how how matter is arranged, and the application of energy to reformulate that matter into a different shape or form. That's it. It's a science. And they're able to do it. The, you, you draw a transmutation circle or you have one already drawn out, you unfold it, you can put a broken radio on top of this, uh, touch, the, touch the transmutation circle and will the energy to move and it will repair the radio or turn yes. the radio into uh, a guitar as long as it has the same mass. The only, the only uh, uh, caveat to alchemy is equivalent exchange. And this, this becomes important in our clip. Uh, equivalent exchange is the idea that anything you gain has to be bought in some way. For instance, uh, if you want to make lead, one pound of lead, you can make it into one pound of gold. You can't make two pounds of gold out of one pound of lead. That's not equivalent. That's not an equivalent exchange. Fair enough. And the Elric brothers take this into the extreme, into every facet of life, because superficially it fits. Think, think of this. Uh, the, 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 the current prevailing idea that to become a master in a certain field or a certain area of expertise takes at or around, depending on your initial intelligence level, about 10,000 hours. To become a master, you have to spend the time and the effort it takes to get through those 10,000 hours to gain the mastery of that subject or, or skill at the end of it. You pay the equivalent exchange. That's what they believe. All right, fair enough. And 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 they use that to, to their thinking throughout everything they do in their life because they believe it. the, 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 the tenets of alchemy fit in all aspects of life 
And superficially, yes, it does. But when you dig deeper, it starts to break down. But they're kids, so they don't dig deeper. If it works, you know, if you throw a ball up in the air, it always comes down, then that's always going to be right. You don't look deeper into it. Anyway, uh, their, their mother died of the plague because, you know, 1910, you have plagues. That's how it is. And uh, they had the bonehead idea of trying a human transfiguration. Well, you now, know, when you're under grief and you're young, you know. Yeah, 11, 10 and 11 years old. Edward is the elder brother who's 11 at this moment. And uh, uh, Alphonse, which is the younger brother, is 10. And their mother died. And uh, they knew from their father's alchemy books that they've been studying since they were six that human transfiguration is always a bonehead idea. And they, they knew from their teacher, uh, from, from their, from hey, their non, non-state alchemy teacher after they went through all their father's books, that human transformation is a bonehead idea. Never do it. It's just all bad. They decided they, they could do it better. Actually, <laughs> Edward. Edward, say, Edward says, no, I'm, I'm a prodigy. I can do it better. I can make it work. I know where they went wrong. And so he goes ahead and tries it. Now, this clip, while long, is absolutely necessary to demonstrate the folly and and later on throughout the entire series the conviction of edward elric to fix his mistakes right, let's see it let's see it these are the elements that comprise the adult human the structural formula dun 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 well they got the structural elements down for that's not a bad thought yes they they have the the exact the exact elements that are common in every human adult body in the exact proportions and weight of their mother. Of course, it takes a little bit more than that to actually make a person. Yeah. They learn this pretty much the hard way. Something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They didn't have a soul. And the, uh, the, the alchemy is trying to, is trying Trying to to get absorb, is trying to absorb enough mass to make up for a soul, but how do you measure how much a soul weighs? You can't. That's why it's always a bonehead maneuver. Uh, we can discuss that later. Yes, this is this is this is this is this is, this is super metaphysics at this point. That that their that their two stupid little ten year old brain could not account for. And then he wakes up and he's in a suit of armor. Yes. Or he is a suit of armor. Only little bonds to the armor. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That that's the mistake he spends his entire life trying to rectify. Not not the human transfiguration. Yes, that was the initial mistake that caused his hubris. Is what caused his actual mistake was his brother's body being being absorbed into the spell. He uh his his brother's whole body was absorbed and his his left leg was absorbed. He sacrificed his arm to to get to get a, a enough alchemic energy to grab his brother's soul before it passed on to bind it with a blood alchemy spell to an armor a, a suit of armor that was just lying around the room because that was the first thing he could see that's the only thing yeah that was human shaped around exactly so he has spent every waking moment since that since that time 
trying to figure out a way to get his brother's body back. That's all he wants. He doesn't care about himself. Yeah, he lost an arm and a leg. He lost, he lost everything. Literally everything he lost. Yeah, sounds like it. So that's why he becomes a state alchemist. That uh, everyone said, "Don't become a state alchemist during times of war. You will, you'll have to follow orders of the military, and you'll have to kill people." He says, "I don't care because the state alchemists have the best libraries, and I need to find a way to undo this stupid thing that I did." Plus, you're you're allowed to do research on the side that the state pays for, as long as you share it with the state. Okay. And hey, the state actually probably wouldn't mind knowing some of the stuff you're trying to figure out. Exactly. Fine. Whatever. So he does it. He becomes a dog of the military, so he says. Now, we'll go to Alphonse, the younger brother. Now, uh, also protagonist and hapless victim of the hubris of his brother. He never, he loves his brother unconditionally. All right? Bless his little heart. He still loves his brother. Well, bless his heart. Exactly. That's, that's pretty much how I figure because he shouldn't. He should, hate, he should hate the moron, but he doesn't. Because, you know, every every little brother loves their big brother, big brother even when they hate him. All right. Now, he helps his brother, and he follows him around, helps him out. And Edward always says, I'm going to get your body back. I'm going to get your body back. And Alphonse is like, okay. Yep. He, he never really believes like, it. like, yeah, sure. Yeah, he doesn't buy it, you know. He doesn't think it's ever going to happen. He thinks it's a pipe dream. But yeah, he thinks besides, I'm super only... cool right now anyway. Yeah, yeah he thinks he's, it's the only thing keeping Ed sane. And he's probably right. The search for this impossible thing is the only thing keeping his brother sane from from just collapsing under the weight of his own grief for what he's done. All right, now, his new body does have advantages. Uh, he doesn't have to breathe, doesn't have to eat, doesn't have to sleep. Probably super um, strong, super tough. He is, he is exceptionally strong, and he's made of metal, so there's that. And even when something's strong enough to deform or cripple his metal... Uh, as long as it doesn't hit the blood seal, which is on the inside collar beneath his helmet, he can repair it with alchemy. Oh, nice. So he can just gather some rocks or dirt or whatever, just equivalent to weigh as much as the metal is replacing, and he rolls out his little alchemy strip, and he can still do alchemy because he still has a soul, right? So he can still use alchemy, and he fixes the hole, and he's good as new. Great. Now, uh, the, the downsides, obviously, are that he can't feel... You know, touch, and he can't taste, obviously, smell. Um, I don't know how he can hear, but he can. I guess I guess they didn't want to get into that in the anime. Like, let's not get into that, because I don't want to explain how something with no ears can hear. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, or residents, have, or you know. no eyes and see, whatever. Okay. Doesn't right, matter, I'll, it's I'll, magic, it's alchemy. I'll, 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 I'll if, we're, if we're already on board for believing alchemy happened, you're on board for everything else. Exactly, exactly right, yeah. You're all in at this point. Now, uh... Toward the end of the series, Al, reading reading some state alchemy books that his brother checked out, read some parts where it's postulated that in cases like Alphonse's, which is illegal, by the way, Alphonse, uh, Al Alphonse's state is kept secret. <laughs> because they sell someone that's a dude in armor? Yeah, bind, yeah, yeah. So he's a dude in armor. That's it. He never takes it off because he's horribly burned from a horrible accident. And everyone says, mm, okay, I don't want to see that nonsense. Okay, fine, keep it on. I'm fine. But binding someone's soul to an object is illegal. Has been for hundreds of years. You know? I, I, was, I can see reasons why. Right, you can see reasons why. But uh, in latter years, it's postulated that you're not even binding someone's soul. What you're doing is copying their memory engrams, which is physical. 
and binding so that, they're not even really there they're not really there they're just memories of the person su uh, supplanted by your your own perceptions of that person as well so it's a mixture of whatever they were thinking about the moment the the basics of who they were and the person doing the alchemy their memories of that person merge together to form this personality that you say is that person's soul so al gets all pissed off when he reads this because now now he realizes that that he may not be him he may be pieces of him filled in by the memories of his brother during that moment where his body was eaten away so there's yeah. a whole lot of there's a whole lot of moral ambiguity throughout the entire thing which which i really like because you know they, they don't get in a lot of gore they don't get in a lot of blood they, they don't do violence for violence sake but they talk a lot about right and wrong and morality and and uh, uh, you know the whole idea. They don't really get into it specifically, but the idea of what is a life worth, you know, is right. is a life worth a life? Is is one person's life worth worth more than another? Stuff like that. They 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 touch on that. Something that a, a preteen can start to grasp. You can actually talk with them about this stuff after they, after they see an anime like this. And you can you can start the gears in their head moving around, so later on they can tackle harder things. Now, the main antagonist, the homunculi. Now, in in this world, homunculi are the product of failed human transfigurations. They're that crap that 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 is left over, and is somehow sentient. It doesn't have a soul, but it's alive and it's intelligent but it feels that hole in it. It feels that hole where a soul should be. I've had bosses like that. And so, and so most, mostly they turn out insane. Yep. And what's bad is they're immortal. That's not great for an insane. Um, no, it's great for them. It's not it's great, great for them. It's not great for humans. And uh, they have, they have powers above and beyond. They, they, they can't use alchemy because you need a soul for that. So that's that's a bonus for Al, right? Maybe he does have a soul because even in his armored form, he can use alchemy, or maybe maybe it's just a, an imprint of of uh, of Edward's alchemy, and he's allowing the the mimicry of Alphonse to use it. It's never really fully that's fully possible explored. too. That's what yeah, possible too. Anyway, um, throughout the ages, uh, homunculi have been tricking humans. Not tricking, but Convincing? Convincing, pushing humans to to search for what's called the Philosopher's Stone. The Philosopher's Stone is the fabled device, a, a red rock, according to all, all uh, past accounts, that allows you to bypass the rule of equivalent exchange. And this, to Edward, is the miracle cure for all his guilt. He does not have to have an equivalent exchange of a human body to get Al's body back. He can use the stone, bypass the equivalency exchange rule, and just get Al's body back. Which would be nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the perfect medicine for, for what ails him. So he goes out and search for it. And the homunculi are very pleased <laughs> about this because he is, he is the most driven alchemist to search for the Philosopher's Stone in literally hundreds of years. You think they're trying to help him? They are behind the scenes. 
that's not that's not encouraging when you, the eight bad guys no. are helping you. When the bad guys are helping you, it's not great. But he doesn't realize this. No one does. No one does. Because they they they're good at this, you know. They're and well, they've been and, around hundreds of years. Yeah, they've been around for hundreds of years. But the 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 thing is, the the kicker is, halfway through the series, you realize that the homunculi are lieutenants. There's a bigger bad in the mm. background controlling them that they're scared of. What? Is it Caillou? It's well, hopefully not, or else I have <laughs> very little respect for the homunculi at this point. But, <laughs> I'm trying uh, to think of yeah. something more evil. That's all I got. So, it is evil, but sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin it. Now let's see what I gave this thing. Four stars, easy. This was easy. Okay, the animation is excellent. There's no body morphing. All all of the models stay stay on task. All of the action is crisp and fast and well animated. The story is good. Uh, it has uh, the the plot has both chapter arcs and the overall story arc is not sacrificed to to accommodate a chapter. And then the chapters do not compromise the overall story, which is excellent. That's a good plot, a well put together plot. And the story of morality and consequences of one's choices is, uh, is a great uh, platform to, to talk to younger, younger teens about, you know, about choices and morality and, you know, what is equivalent exchange? Does it really exist? Stuff like that. You know, it, uh, to, it's, it's basically an intro to philosophy 101, you know, to, to, to get kids to start thinking about the world around them in a different way than besides what directly affects them and how they directly affect it. Duncan Idaho is asking, uh, how would you compare this to Brotherhood if you've seen that version? I haven't seen all of Brotherhood, but it's uh, from what I've seen. I've seen the beginning of it. From what I've seen, it's a retelling of the story. Why they needed a retelling for only six, six years later, I don't know. There are some stuff added in and taken away. Uh, there, there are some ancillary characters that got that got more that got more showtime in Brotherhood than they did in uh, in the original, and, and and vice versa. But significant change? No, no. Overall arc significantly changed? No, it's not. But again, Fair. I haven't seen the whole thing. Now, what I didn't like about this: sometimes it can get a little too deep. Sometimes they touch on subjects that maybe an 11 or 12 year old is not going to be able to wrap their brain around just sometimes most of the time an averagely intelligent 11 or 12 year old will be able to comprehend the ideas if not completely grasp them comprehend the, the ideas that that why the main characters are doing this why they're in this dilemma what this dilemma actually is and what these consequences mean for everyone around them and why they made this choice stuff like that Sometimes a little too far in the deep end. And Edward is, was written a little too overly emotional. He, he's, a, he's too much of a short fuse. Well, how uh, old is he in, in the series? It, uh, in the start of the series proper, he's 15 or 16. Well, you know. So I get it. I get it. But he's more like, like anime girl emotional. <laughs> You know, like, uh, like, like, you remember uh, uh, what the what I hate about the uh, the average anime girl is you yeah. accidentally trip and, and and you touch her butt and she thinks you're a pervert and beats you to death. Yeah, yeah, that kind of short fuse is what I'm talking about. That unrealistically stupid short fuse he has sometimes, which I don't like. Fair enough. So it lost it. It lost the star because of that. Because the 
all 51 episodes i'm not saying they're all they're all five star but the very least of them is a four star episode oh very, very nice, least very nice. Of them. uh so Dar- it, darth gall in the chest that's one of his series he would actually rate it a 4.5 star and you know what i i could be talked up into that except for you know edward's little uh, anime girl emotionalness <laughs> it really i really hate it i really hate it it, it has no place in in a good in a good piece of story. It has no no place at all. Fair but, enough. Yeah, fair there enough. it is. There is my uh, wow my, uh, my heathen dogs anime on the stream. Dope. I hope you enjoy it. I uh, enjoy it. If if you if you like a happy ending, solid plot, solid story, and good animation, Full Metal Alchemist is your jam. If you like an amazing story, gut wrenchingly awful ending, <laughs> and this poor animation. That you have to suffer through. Devilman Cryberry, that's that that's your vehicle of choice. Nothing on it more than terrible animation. Alright, well thank you, Heathen Dog, for your reviews. As always, you can catch Heath- more Heathen Dog as he streams. And as he does things, you can test it on YouTube, all his past streams. Check him his animated RPG segments. You can check out his team-ups with he- with Garthon in Warframe on Sunday nights. You can also check out his Thursday stream of Star Trek Online Foundry Missions at 8 p.m. Central with, with, with that Garthon cat yet again. Garthon cat, that's right. And also check out his streaming on Mondays. Wait, no. Yes, Mondays. This yeah, War Mondays, of Mine. War yeah. Which is another gut-wrenching, no one wins, everyone's <laughs> yeah. sad. It's another gut-wrenching, no, no win <laughs> scenario. You just have to survive through the crap. <laughs> now, on a happier note, I decided not to punish myself today. Oh. Yeah, I decided to uh, have some fine champagne cognac. Oh, I thought we were Remy talking about Martin. a whole different subject. Yes, see that fine champagne cognac. What that means, I don't. I don't really think they know what it means. But well, well, cognac actually. Never mind. Don't worry about you it. You don't care. I don't care. I'm just gonna try it. <laughs> okay, color. It's kind of dark. Uh, well, that's because it's made from wine. There you go, and uh, kind of. Eh. Butterscotch color, I guess. I don't know. That's fine. Drink it. it smells sweet. <laughs> wow. Okay, it smells sweet. It doesn't taste sweet. It's smoky, and it is. It burns all the way down. Sounds like I, I mean, like it. I've, I've had I've had ninety proof liquor on this program that didn't burn that much. Really? Wow. Yes. Uh, get a chaser. That's a good plan. Just things are happening. And as always, if you want more Ethan Dog, check him out every single day of the week on YouTube. Thank you very much. But now it's time for... Garthon's Comic Pull. Garthon pulls comics. He buys them. He reads them. He tells you about them. That way you don't have to do that for yourself. There you go. But you probably should for some of these books. So, first up. Action Comics, number 995. It says Superman Action Comics. In case you weren't knowing by now, Action Comics stars Superman. A lot of people don't know that. It's only been going on for about almost a 1,000 issues now, but just in (laughs) case you weren't aware, Action Comics has Superman in it. And he's on the cover. Just in case you thought it was a Booster Gold series, that's 1,000 issues, and guest starring, no. It actually is. Hey, 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 hey. It's got the Booster Gold colors, all I'm saying. That is true. At least this this cover does. At least this All cover right. does. Exactly right. This issue is written by Dan Jurgens, who is uh, one of my favorite Superman writers. Uh, well, current favorite Superman writers. 
Uh, pencils by Brett Booth, inks by Norm Rapman, colors by Andrew Dalhouse, and c- this cover is done by Trevor Scott and Hi-Fi. So someone's stereo helped make this. Someone's stereo made this, yeah, that's right. Or or it's it's just a, another pseudonym for what's his name? <laughs> for Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy, there you go. Just a <laughs> pseudonym for Sean Murphy so we can get another paycheck. <laughs> uh, Sean Murphy production of Sean Murphy Enterprises Limited. Um <laughs> Written by Sean Murphy, <laughs> produced by Sean Murphy. Uh, Cinematography by Sean Murphy. Key grip, Sean Murphy. I love Batman White Knight. Yep. Um, so, uh, this is Booster Shot Part 3. Uh, what's going on and been going on in this series is Superman became obsessed with the idea, as, is Jor-El, his father, still alive? Did he survive the destruction of Krypton? This came about after finding out that Supergirl's parents survived. They're nutter cult leaders, essentially, but they survived. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They were with him when the planet did the big exit. So my dad might still be around. Lois said, you know, let it go. It's in the past. But he went on. Uh, he just he obsessed the idea. <laughs> and Duck and I was inspired by a story by Sean Murphy. <laughs> uh, anyway, so <laughs> it's pretty good. So Superman ended up trying to go back in time to Krypton to uh, to find out. Booster Gold is a time-traveling hero. Um, his They put forth a premise in these few issues that Booster Gold is not just some guy who came from the... Uh... Yeah. Need to block that guy. So... Uh, anyway... So he came from – a lot of people think Booster Gold is the guy who failed the future, came to the past to try and be a hero. Uh, in this series, it puts forth the premise that actually he is, but he actually works also as kind of like a time cop, you know, so that he – uh. how do I get rid of that guy? Hey, the dog, where are you? You need to kick that dude. I got it. I got it. Yeah, kick that dude um, and let everyone know he's a loser. I'll block him. Thank you. So – uh, so Spushwell is actually a secret time cop as well. He has some cool time cop sunglasses, so I buy it. Hit refresh your chat to get rid of anything that idiot put on there. Please do. The uh... So, essentially, uh, Superman went back to the pastor and checked out Doral. Booster Gold went back to stop him. He actually, Superman actually had the opportunity to pull Jarrell out of the fiery inferno of Krypton, and Booster Gold stopped him, yanked him through time. While it was happening, this uh, uh, so Booster Gold, Superman, and uh, one of General Zod's Eradicator bots ended up getting sucked forward in time and space because reasons. Well, because you know it's a big energy going on. He's like, he's just, I'm got to get you out of here. We're going back to the present. Um, well, they get to the present. Well, they think it's the present. Well, they get to where they're going. Um, well, they, they get to the present. No, they think they do. And Superman is pissed at Booster Gold because he could have saved his dad. And meanwhile, this General Zod bot has been beating the crap out of both of them because they were on Krypton. What happens to Superman on Krypton? Well, it's the Red Sun. He loses his powers. That Maurice dude's still there. Didn't you boot him? Yes, I did. Eh. Maybe that's old Chatham looking at. But the, yeah. uh... Not there now. Good. So, they, uh... 
So he so when Superman's on Krypton loses his powers, Red Sun. They end up the present, he starts getting his powers back, he starts beating the snot out of the general's oddbot. Sure. Which is what he which is good. And that happens, you know, he's look at Booster's like, okay, I don't want my don't want to be on your bad side, because you're Superman and stuff. But you know, I had what I had to do. You were screwing with the time stream. I hate to tell you this Krypton had to go. He's like, I could have saved my dad. He's like, that's not how it works. You can't screw with the time stream like that. And, you know, they have one of those little, little conversations, and that's when he starts looking around like, Skis, where the hell are we? He's like, oh, we're in Gotham City. Like, this doesn't look like Gotham City. We're from Gotham City from the year, like, 29. It's like, basically, they came from, like, six days after Booster Gold left. Huh. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. He's like, what's, what's so bad about that? Superman was like, well, not so much I'm a failure here, as in... And then the the cops show up, blast the snot out of all of them. Skeese grabs Superman and runs. He's like, we got it. What about Booster? What about... It's like, nope, nope, we gotta let him go. The cops are after him, not us. If you had to choose one, you would choose Superman we, and not Booster Gold. Right. And well, Skeese basically says, we'll rescue him later. We cannot yeah, fight sure. them right now. And Skeese... And Superman's like, just still... It's like, why should I rescue him? He broke the law. He stole the time capsule and travel through time. He he needs to be arrested and go to jail. Sure. That's how it is. And I'm going to have to figure out how to get home. And Skeets is like, maybe you don't really understand what's going on here. And he actually breaks down Booster Gold's history, which I, I'm a fan of Booster Gold, but I don't know if this is new stuff or old, but apparently um, it's probably new stuff they added just to give Booster Gold some more background. But Booster Gold became a criminal in his own era. Uh, throwing football games, right? Which was part, always part of his backstory. Like, he actually threw, like, he bet on his own football games mm-hmm. and would throw the games. Because um, he was a, the star athlete of whatever team he was on. Sure. And it turns out he was doing that because his mother was sick, and to pay for the medicine, he needed more money, and his father was, was a drunken, violent loser and had debts up to his eyeballs with these gangsters, but they were able to get the meds, and so he had to throw the game so they could win the bets so he could get the meds to save his mother's life. And after she was fine, after, you know, the, the meds cured her cancer or whatever, because the future, they could do that. Yeah. Um, he was like, I'm out. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. His dad was like, no, I will kill you if you don't. You need to keep doing this because I'm a dead of my eyeball still, and you're going to do this, and I need to look out for number one. And that's when Booster Gold figured, like, the only way he was ever going to going to get away from this was to leave. And that's when he stole the time stuff, and instead of selling to the gangsters like he was supposed to, he left to be a hero in the past. Sure. So, sense. interesting backstory. I, I think that's pretty new from Dan Jurgens, but I actually like it. It does give some more depth to the character. It still makes him kind of a loser, kind of a sad sack that he couldn't do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it does give more motivation than simply, I sucked then, so I wanted to come to the past to be a hero. You know, yeah, while that's inter- yeah, right, yeah, yeah. While, it's, while it's funny, it does make him look like a real egocentric loser. This looks mm-hmm. like I saved my mother's life, but I burned all my bridges. I had nothing. I left. Um, which is a better story. Hmm. It's not something you saw at Beasley on the back of you know a cereal box, but it, it works. The over this issue, he ends up back in jail with his dad. His dad's just bringing him to prison. Um, eventually, Superman does, you know, after Superman figures all this stuff out is true, uh, he does go in, um, and right as Booster's dad is trying to break himself out of prison and leaving the... He's like, look, they were only holding me in protective custody because you stole the big item, not me. So uh, I'm going to leave. 
I'm going to break out of prison, and you're going to be stuck here, and you're going to do all the time, and I'll be free later. And that's Superman comes in, flicks him in the back of the head, and says, you know, Mr. Williams, you disgust me. And flicks him in the back of the head, knocks him out, leaves him in prison, pulls Booster Gold out, and he's like, oh, yeah, hey, thanks, Superman, I appreciate it. He's like, look, I don't forgive what you've done, but I understand it. I don't know what I would have done in this situation. Uh, part of what they do with this, I know I'm glossing over a lot because this was a really plot-dense issue, is it draws – Skeets does a great job. Skeets is a Booster Gold robotic companion, flies around. In the anime series, it was actually voiced by the guy just Fry in Futurama, which was just freaking hilarious for that issue, for the episode of Justice League. Anyway, I had to mention that because it's just a great episode. But he eventually convinces – you know, he starts drawing all his comparisons – you know, between how Superman grew up and Booster Gold. It's like, you live this way. You had two fathers who loved you, who did everything they could for you, who gave you a great life. Booster Gold had one. He's still around, but he's terrible. And that Booster Gold is as good as he is, is amazing. That he tries to be a better person for people like you shows how strong his character actually is. And even Superman has to go, kind of like hems and haws, but he does eventually agree. You know... And that, you know, given those circumstances, how would he have grown up? What would his... Oh, yeah. yeah. How, I mean, he, Martha! Yeah, you know. Martha! Oh, God. <laughs> I so, bring it up. <laughs> I, um, in the end, they, uh, they end up stealing the time warp again. And Superman's like, I can't believe I broke with the physics lab. He's like, hey, think it's a greater good, Supes. It's going to be all right. Um, and when they... As they're teleporting out, the uh, they actually have to use a bunch of pieces from the Zod bot. The Zod Enforcer bot, and somehow it ends up waking up during the time travel, blasting their controls. That's not great. That's not great. Yeah, of course. Uh, blast their controls, and they end up in a crazy world. They're not. They don't know it has two suns, so they don't know where they are. And that's where it ends. But the reason I wanted to talk about this issue is because I thought Dan Jurgens did a really great job in kind of drawing the emotional map of these characters' relationships to their fathers. But he did it in a way that wasn't really boring to read or really preachy in any way. Mm. Uh, so I, it was a real deft trick of writing that he pulled off doing that. Good. And the whole issue is entertaining to read. There's never a part where I was like, oh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, daddy stuff, blah, blah, blah. I love my daddy. I hate my daddy. I'm sad. There's none of that whiny, navel-gazing, Tom King, Batman crap. Mm. But he still got those ideas across without having it rain in the dark with them looking sad. God, you hate it Tom. can be done, Tom King. <laughs> Dan Jurgens did a better job than you. Just saying. Uh, uh, there's a subplot about Lois Lane trying to track down her dad as well. It's a dad-centric issue. Um, and Superboy has tagged along un- 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 her son, John, unbeknownst to her knowledge. So that's a side story. Nothing really happened. No one cares. Um, interesting issue. I really enjoyed how they were able to pull off the trick of writing as they did. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I really liked it. Didn't love it. Okay. Art was very strong the whole way through. Uh, Brett Booth did a very strong job. Say with Norm Raffin. Everything was clear. Characters were true to model. I really liked this issue. Okay. Everything was very strong. Three and a half. Recommended. Sorry. Love it. X-Men Gold mm-hmm. Annual number one. The 30th anniversary of Excalibur. Excalibur was like X-Men, but British, so they had to have an E in front. Yeah, and wrong. <laughs> What's wrong with Excalibur? They suck! 
they did a they little truly, bit. They truly suck. They were interesting. Okay. Um. So this was written by Mark Guggenheim and Leah Williams. Pencils by Alethea Martinez. Inks by Alethea Martinez and Craig Young. Colors by J. David Ramos and Dono Sanchez Alamara. And this cover was by Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Chris Sotomayor. Should I keep going? You, it sounds like you don't like Excalibur, and you're sad. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, in the X-Mansion, a message comes through that uh, – a message Dark comes – Well, a stork shows up in the X-Mansion with, like, pink ribbons and bows on it and a letter around its neck. And a lot I'm of sorry, like, I'm sorry, what? That's a joke, right? No, no, it's not. It makes sense in the end. Sure it does, sure it does. It makes sense in the end. Darth Gaul says, yeah, Excalibur. See, someone appreciates Excalibur. Um, so the stork shows up, and, of course, the younger students are like, why is there a freaking stork? And the note around his neck says to, you know, Catherine Pride. And so they get her, and like, uh, it's looking for you, apparently. We can't make it leave. And uh, by the time they finally get the letter off of it, and it's from Captain Britain and Megan. That's why the stork thing now makes sense, because Megan could actually empathically imprint ideas upon animals. Sure. So that's why she sent a stork, because they're having awesome. a having a baby. Or they had oh, yeah, a baby. She, yeah, because it's a stork. It's, you know, I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, the, 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 the Aquaman of the land is having a baby. Great. Well, Megan doesn't, you know. She can feel the life force in all things. Whatever. I thought it was funny. You don't need to because you're not reading it. Exactly. Um, at least it didn't figure like a big shiny headed kid who was crying all the time. Hey, hey, hey we both agree. <laughs> type sucks. All right, we both agree. Um, so they're inviting like the former members of Excalibur to come back, you know, to see the baby, and that would be uh, Kitty Pride, Nightcrawler, and Phoenix, Rachel. Rachel Summers, right? Rachel Summers. Um, so they fly over, uh, they had, a, they put in a bit about them having to fly, uh, like buy airline tickets cause they didn't want to waste gas for the X plane cause that's for missions or something. I don't know why they put that in there. It was kind of pointless. It was, it seems like a, a dumb thing to do. But it was okay. wasted pages, but I guess they really, really wanted to draw the inside of a seven, seven, seven and have like Deadpool in one of the seats and like wacky people all over. Okay. Great. I guess someone just wanted that. So it really had to have that scene. I don't know whether the writer really, really wanted that scene or the artist really wanted that scene. But, you know, it's in there and it's pointless. It doesn't hurt the book, but we could have done without, like, three pages of junk. It's just junk. Um, It's a long issue, too. Maybe they're trying to pad the issue. So they're going to go over there to to, uh, go meet the baby and stuff. And when, when they meet the baby, you know, you know, Megan's like, oh, I'm so happy you could all be here. And Captain Britain's like, oh, they're going to hear And when they meet the baby, I want to get the quote. Why not the quote? Oh, when my they, God, what is that thing? No, when they look at the baby, oh. they look at the quote. Well, as they're, they're greeting, oh, it's good to see you. From the crib, you, you see the word balloon. Dad, pick me up. Who's there? And they look at the crib, and there's a baby staring through this that says, hi, I'm Maggie. Pick me up. And uh, Freak it out. Freak yeah, it out now. So, well, Megan's a mutant. <laughs> Captain Britain yeah. has the power of England. Power of England. Okay. I'm not sure what his powers exactly are. Well, he has Superman-type powers, but he has the power of England flowing through him. Yes, it's true. 
has to spare seven seven back. It is not an abomination. It's a cute baby. Abomination. It is abomination, according to Dave Duncan uh, Idaho says it's abomination. Let's kill it. Why did we play Deep Blue Space? Oh, okay, because of Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. Oh, there you go. All right. Her mother drank the water of life while pregnant. Possible Duncan Idaho. Um. So. It is so they pick so she picks him up. The baby kind of looks at Nightcrawler, reaches out for him. You hold me. So he's like, okay. Joe's the demon-looking guy. All yeah, because right. he looks weird. She starts asking him like highly philosophical questions, which he starts answering. You know, um, because you got to remember, Nightcrawler is also an ordained ordained Catholic right, priest. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, she she also sniffed out the the, the 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 whole padre of the group. Well, she also figured out like he's the weirdest looking one, so she starts asking questions like, "Why do you look different?" Because I'm a mutant. Well, aren't we all mutants? And while this is going on, you know, Kitty Pride and Rachel are like, "Uh," and then Megan actually starts like crying and like runs off. What? Because her baby is freaking weird. She's freaking weird. Well, she here's talks the to... here's the thing. It's actually really kind of sad because she like kind of hides in a closet. Well, it's a very large pantry. And she starts talking. And is like she just spoke her first first word five days ago, and she's already reading more than I can. She's smarter than I am. I I I, I can't read that good because Megan was actually raised like with British gypsies, mm. and she was kept as like a side. Her parents didn't keep her as a sideshow attraction, but she was hidden. She was never educated until she was an adult. Right. And she's like, I can't read her story. What if I try to read her story? And she knows I'm skipping words because I don't understand them and I can't read them. And 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 she's just kind of like having a minor freak out, which is understandable. She she's like all these all the baby things were taken from me. I'll never read a story. We'll never have mommy 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 baby moments. That's all gone. That's all gone. Well, well, kill this one, have another one. Jeez, well, how hard yeah. is that? Uh, good job, you the dog. Okay. Um, so it actually is a really kind of emotional point in that. Um. Meanwhile, while that's going on, you see little snippets of her and Nightcrawler having conversations while you know captain Burst kind of stands there um gosh there's one really good one. i gotta gotta get it real quick it just okay. made me laugh hey, uh, that, that, the whole the whole killing the baby thing is is a gypsy way i heard it well that's not true but the i was like, like at one part you know he's saying alas such a way of things time itself is a human fiction and she says but if freedoms are palliative to short lifespans why would doing good matter more than someone else's choice to do bad by the same measure why does anything matter if everyone decides what is good for themselves and does? Ah, now that is a truly good question. <laughs> so they're going back and forth with high-level philosophy, and yeah. you see Captain Britain, you know, kind of standing there. It's like, ah, well done, Magri Dagri, dude. Daddy loves you. Because <laughs> it's over his head, too. She's just over both their heads. Nightcrawler can keep up. Beast would be, you know, happy. Yeah, Beast would be okay. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is this is great. I, Meg- I, I love this kid. Megan and Captain Britain, if it's above the punching level, it's over their head. Pretty much, yeah. That, that's why they suck so bad. Yeah. <laughs> what if the baby plots against the revenge of the fall of House Harkonnen? <laughs> uh, so, well, what, um, fortunately, this is not the main thrust of the book. The main thrust of the book is there is an alien who is mourning the loss of his empire. Um, oh, how did he lose it? Did he misplace it? Or well, yeah. Uh, well, the uh, I'm trying to find the name. Of the it's not Delesh. Uh, 
his entire race was wiped out by a hand gesture of the Dark Phoenix. His planet oh. went bye bye. Oh, so he's got beef. He's got beef. Okay, um, he's got beef. All right, we're in trouble now. He was the hero of the survivors of his planet. Um, he led them to a new world, set up a colony, and he went and challenged the Dark Phoenix and defeated it. What? Um, the problem is he didn't defeat no, it. I don't remember that. No. At all. Uh, the Dabari. That's the name of the race. Okay. So he went to challenge the Dark Phoenix. And the Phoenix, when this guy challenged her, went, well, um, wooda, 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 I, you have defeated me. I am dead. You have won. And he went, ha ha, I have won. Did Garth make this book up? Um, so he basically went to his planet and said he defeated the Dark Phoenix. Everyone went, yay, because they all believe it. And mm-hmm. he believes it. And because Phoenix, Rachel. Told him to believe it, right. Yeah, yeah, made them all believe it. Well, it was the Dark Phoenix made them all believe it. Um, they later, years later, found out that they were lied to. They were now super pissed at this guy who was their national hero, tore down all the statues, and, and exiled him. So he's mm. determined to really kill her this time. Darn so it. as the baby stuff is happening, they, uh, Megan recovers like, okay, you guys are right. It's going to be cool. Sorry, I freaked out a little no, bit. No, it's not going to be cool. She's going to feel worthless for the rest of her life. Well, probably. Yeah, it's bad for her. Probably. It's bad for her bad. So, this is a bad story. when they all get back together, this dude, now calling himself the Star Hammer, that's... Star Star Hammer. Star Hammer. I like that name. I would totally use that because name. Because the hammer is his, you know... <laughs> Star Hammer. <laughs> so, he crashes through the lighthouse. He starts beating the snot out of him. He's like, you know, Phoenix, you will pay for what you've done. Like, do I know you? Do not say you have forgotten. I, I don't know who you are, man. And he basically, you killed my race. And someone's like, are you a Dabari? Because we, we don't know. We, he's like, yeah, you will pay. And he's like, see, mess with some device. And they're all like, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They're all looking at him. Nothing happened. We're, we're still here. You didn't. He's like, oh, my finish is complete. And they're looking at him. Nothing. We're all, we're all here. Nothing happened. And then they look around and everything is gone. They're in like some. They're on some weird alien world, and he says, "Behold, my master plan. It was never enough to seek revenge against Phoenix alone, or appropriate revenge. We would treat the human race to the same courtesy that Dark Phoenix showed my people. Complete annihilation." So basically, takes them to an alternate dimension, where there's lots of things that will try and eat them, and uh, that's that's his plan. Wait, that's his plan to take them all, not. Not just them. He took himself as well. Yeah, that's the way it works. But he doesn't care care about his own life at this point. But, so they go and they're like, wait, so that that thing found this alternate dimension where all the scenes. So she's like, oh, and she mind controls him. Drop it. So he drops it. They grab it. And, uh, because it's the dimensional remote control. And while they're holding him off, you know, the baby who is with them still is like, uh, please give me that. They, so she rewires it and activates it. Wow. And pulls him into a dimension where the Dark Phoenix did not wipe out the Dabari. Okay. 
Because there's an infinite and there's an infinite amount of dimensions. Yeah, yeah, I, so I get it. She found the one where the Jabari weren't wiped out, right. and things are pretty good. And then she like saves the location in his remote and gives it back to him and says, "This is really all you needed needed to do." I mean, he feels kind of silly at that point because there's really no reason to get revenge if you don't need it at that point. Mm. <laughs> I like I'm how he's happy with this book. <laughs> I liked that because that's re- he's not an insane, evil, megalomaniacal villain. It's like, oh, oh well, well, I guess, I guess that's okay then. If everyone's still alive, there's a reason to kill anyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, Darth Gaul, I think you're right. I remember, was it like a dimension hopping train or something they were on for a while? Or some other such nonsense. Oh, I kind of remember that. That did happen next calendar. There was a train. Yes, a dimension hopping train of some nonsense that that maybe not read the book. Yeah, Excalibur was kind of wacky a lot of times. Yeah. They destroyed the lighthouse, and Merlin couldn't tell them what to do at one point. That's that's the kind of wacky level we're talking with Excalibur. Yeah. Um. Right. <laughs> this does not bode well for their continued existence. Yeah. Well, Excalibur is not reforming. Do not Good. worry <laughs> that part at all. Um, after that happens, they all kind of go home and they have to rebuild. The, they'll fix the holes in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought it was happy, and uh, they ask uh, Rachel, Kitty, and Kurt if they uh, want to be godparents for the baby for Maggie, and they say yes, and that's kind of where it ends. So, as an annual, this works. Mm-hmm. It. It does a great representation of stuff Excalibur was doing, the kind of wacky hijinks they had. Um, it has a happy ending for a villain who kind of got it. How do they survive Secret Empire? They were in a different country. That's yeah, how they, they survived. Yeah, they were in a different country, and and, and they, they weren't active. They were they were retired or semi-retired or whatever. So. And if you like showed up on Captain Britain's doorstep with that mess, he would kind of actually in Secret Empire they actually showed him like beating the crap out of those Hydra people in Europe. Him and Megan did not cotton to them. Yes, just, but uh, if he goes too far away from Great Britain, his his strength ebbs. Um, not anymore. Really? Yeah, the Captain Britain Corps is actually like a cross-dimensional peacekeeping unit now. Oh, so as long as England exists as a concept, he's okay. And he has a beard. It's a pretty good one, just too. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Excalibur's whack. Uh, so... I enjoyed it because it works as an annual. It shows you what a caliber kind of did, kind of the wacky hijinks. There's a revenge angle. I kind of liked the the first but nutty baby. I didn't like it. I'm kind of liking it. Just after the philosophical discussions, I kind of liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, so I enjoyed this issue for what it was. It's not part of the main storyline going on. It's not going to be a big deal. So as a one shot, I like it. If it was like you know, X-Men Gold issue 30, and we're going to have a 10-issue arc of this, I'd be done. Darth Gaul likes issue, the beard. You know, you know, Genius Baby arc. Yeah, yeah. If it became X-Men, Genius Baby and the X-Men, I'd, I'd have issues. I'd have beef. <laughs> you know, I'd have my own ranch in Texas of beef. Um, but as it is, I really did enjoy it. Uh, I'll give it three stars. Um, actually, the art was pretty strong. I could be convinced three and a half. I really I enjoyed it. Didn't love it, but I did highly enjoy it. So, uh, X-Men Gold Annual, number one. It was fun. If you liked Excalibur, definitely read it. If you hate Excalibur, don't read it. Because it, it's Excalibur. 
It has the taste. Excalibur was never good. I mean, oh, you just... Come no, on. You gotta remember that the stuff that Excalibur were talking about was the same time X Factor had like big guy on it. Um and multiple man, and they actually had a villain called Number One Fan, who had giant fan blades for hands. He lasted half an issue when he cut himself well, yeah, in the head with a giant fan blade. Yeah, that that would make sense. I mean that that's realistically what would happen to someone like Excalibur. Well that was an X Factor. But Excalibur had other their own wacky issues. But that's that was a wacky time. It was mm-hmm. a wacky time. It was the time when in the Avengers, the Black Knight, in a suit of armor, wore a leather jacket over his plate mail. Think of this. He's wearing full plate and wore a leather jacket over it because jackets were cool, okay? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anytime I look at that, that version of the Avengers and all the people in jackets, and I look at Black Knight and his jacket, I just... I just you're wearing a bomber jacket over plate, man. I just you the armor bonuses don't stack. Uh, he, it's bad enough Black Knight has a sword he can't cut anyone with because it'll activate the curse. But he keeps hitting right. people with the sword. Yeah, he hits him with the flat of the blade all the time. Yeah, yeah. Get a lightsaber. He cuts through stuff. Yeah, he cuts through stuff like nobody's business. Yeah, he's like you know, he has no respect for personal property. Right. It's like Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles, the animated cartoon saw that and went, "That's how to fight." Yep. Cut through lampposts. But people? Nope, never. Swords don't nope. cut people. Nope, cut swords don't cut people. They just knock them out. <laughs> oh, Doug Hino says the jacket for plate mail is cool. <laughs> uh, see, see. Uh, people are agreeing with the jacket over plate. Thank you. Thank you. You're my friend, Monogolage. Thank you. All right. Last, last up. Avengers number 675. No surrender. Number one. That was my Arnie impression. Be impressed. Good job. Impressed. I was impressed. That was good. <laughs> uh, didn't he say no surrender in one of the films? No retreat, no surrender. No, that was a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, was it? Yes. Dang. Where, where he, he was trained by the ghost of Bruce Lee. Please tell me that's a real film. Please I tell me that's a real I think film. No retreat, no surrender, <laughs> trained by Bruce Lee is a real film. I don't know if it's Jean-Claude Van Damme, though. Oh I'm going to look at that right now. Oh I'm going to look at that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just sounds like one of the stupidest, best action films ever. 1986. Boom. No retreat, no surrender. Uh, Jason Stilwell, a Bruce Lee fan, is beaten numerous times and trains from the ghost of Bruce Lee. Jason then must use his newly acquired skills to save Seattle from a crime syndicate. Oh, oh, Jean-Claude Van has the bad guy. Jean-Claude Van has the bad guy. Oh, so he was in there. Yes, he was in there. Yes, I knew I was remembering it correctly. But Jean-Claude Van Damme is is Ivan Ivan Krasinski, the Russian. He's the bad guy. That sounds fantastic. That sounds that sounds so fantastic. I don't know what to say. All right. Um, <laughs> but this is Avengers number 675. Uh, if you get the cool lenticular cover, it's all 3D. It's pretty cool. Uh, written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. As you can tell, this is the beginning of the collapse of all the different Avengers titles into one title. Okay. Artist is Pepe Larraz. Uh, covers by David Curiel. And the covers wait, wait, by... wait, 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 wait. Say that again. David Curiel? No. What? Who's the artist again? Pepe Larraz. Who? Pepe Larraz. I like it when you say Pepe. Okay, <laughs> come on. Uh, from Arizona. Uh, covers by Mark Brooks. I just want to say Pepe Larraz knocks it out in this issue. I was really impressed by not only how he set the scenes, but the characters stayed on model. Um, everyone was drawn incredibly well. 
uh, scenes were placed so they were easily understandable. I really thought I did a great job matching the story. Okay. Um, and the story is, you could tell, this is the beginning of another giant Marvel cross-issue multi-giant arc. <laughs> Darth Souls, I think you think of Rainer Wolfcastle in The Simpsons. That's probably what I'm thinking of. The goggles, they do nothing. They do nothing. <laughs> Some of the best lines. That's <laughs> oh, true. Okay. Uh, so, um, starts out showing uh, the hero formerly known as Living Lightning, now is known as Lightning. Okay. Um, he's not living anymore? Or... He's still alive, but oh, okay. he actually, one person actually says, comments, he says, you know, I think people kept messing up my name with Living Laser, who's a villain, and you don't need that. Uh, Playboy Dad wants to know who our favorite superhero or villain is and why. I can tell you really know your stuff. Oh, he knows more of his stuff. I I stopped collecting in the in the early nineties. Uh, he 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 gets he gets. Uh, you were least, one of the uh, biggest Flash fans I ever knew. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, my my favorite uh, comic book hero is the Green Lantern, just because of uh, Hal Jordan. No, no. That came before or after. I'm not talking. Oh no, my ring is allergic to wood, guy. <laughs> no, screw him. I'm, 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 not, I'm not talking. Oh, starving artist Nancy boy. I guy. liked him. No. He became very cool. Kyle. Kyle Ray. Kyle Teabag became cool. Oh, you laugh. I'm talking Kyle Hal Jordan. I'm talking Hal Jordan at his peak. Hal Jordan when 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 when, when he, he went crazy and killed all the lanterns. No, right before that, when he was the torchbearer <laughs> and teacher of the Green Lantern Corps. He helped reform it. He was awesome. The reason I like the Green Lantern is because you have the power, you have the greatest weapon in the universe. You're entrusted with it. You you can beat Superman as long as you believe enough, as, as long as your will is strong enough to make your wishes a reality. For a kid, you know, have, having, the, having the ability... To change reality by just wanting it bad enough is a very alluring idea. So that's yeah. So that's why Green Lantern is my favorite. But overall, as an adult, I gotta I gotta go with the Flash. He's right. I gotta or, go. With or if you're lonely and you want to make a Green Woman, you know, I guess. <laughs> or if you want to make a Green Woman, yeah. But that really gets into more Dark Horse territory. <laughs> really going to that. <laughs> um, my favorite superhero is Captain America. It has been for a very long time. Uh, oh, not still. Secret That's... Empire didn't happen. That wasn't Captain. That was. <laughs> that was like Superman four. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, when you have a timeline as long as Caps, you're going to have some real clunkers, and he was due, I guess. Like just guess, the yeah. biggest stinkerino since Superman turned blue. Um, there were it was a red and a blue Superman. It just anyway. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It's true. I first fell in love with Captain America's superhero during the original uh, Secret Wars. Um, when the Beyonder pulled all of them to War World or whatever it was, and they all had to fight each other. And all the superheroes kind of look at each other and say, well, what do we do? Who's in charge? What are we can do? And they all look at Cap. And he's like, mm -hmm. what, me? And you know, you got, you know, uh, gods, you know, looking to him. Okay, what do we do? <laughs> um, he always may not have he was never he's not always the smartest guy in the team he's almost never the strongest the toughest the fastest he has to train his butt off to stay where he is but he always 
finds a way. You know, even more than any other hero, he doesn't find some technological doohickey to do his job. He finds a way um, by bringing people together, by finding the correct course of action, by finding the weakness in the villain's plan. Uh, and that's why he's, you know, my favorite. He's determined. Mm, no, and, that, and he's cool. Fair. He has fair. a shield, yeah. throws it at people. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, but uh, yeah, if, if I were around, I'd, I'd, I'd look at every one of the, every, everyone else in that room and go, I know when you've lost. I know when you've lost. I can t- I can I read the issue where you almost died and you lost everything you had. I can't recall a single instance where Captain America actually lost. Not long term. No, no. He's had setbacks. Yeah. Never actually lost. Loki's lost a lot. He's a god. He's yeah. lost all the time. Thor lost a lot. And he's a good guy god. Lost a lot. Captain Cap- America? No, he yeah. he's he's lost he's lost people to time. Okay. Darth Gaul says Cap has a higher wisdom than intelligence. That's true. Um, Also, one thing I want to point out is uh, in the 90s when Marvel released like the official stats um, in the uh, collectible cards of all the characters, Mm -hmm. uh, there was only one character whose fighting stat was maxed out. That was Captain America's. He was higher than Wolverine, higher than Shang-Chi, higher than Iron Fist. Everyone. His was the highest fighting ability because he had the highest combination of athleticism, strength, training and raw ability right right yeah and he like i said he trained his butt off he trains with the best in the world to be able to fight like he does and uh in in the in the very first official dc rpg game superman's strength was the highest in the game at 50 uh green lantern hal jordan's willpower was 51 is that is that the one where every stat was like double the stat before or is that a different version of the thing it was a different version yeah it was different yeah so I remember Batman, the version I'm thinking of, Batman had the highest intelligence. But if you actually did the numbers, like an IQ, someone with an IQ of 100 has a 2. All right, that means his IQ is 2,000. Or yeah. some insane. Anyway. Right. But anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I'm talking about But that, that's my favorite hero, Captain America. Also, you know, I like Spider-Man a lot. Not, not going to lie. Let's talk about Avengers, number 675. So, Living Lightning is... Just doing some podunk stuff. Uh, he's basically working undercover with the, the Texas Rangers, Texas Police Force. And this guy, you know, part of the people's trying to do a sting against, comes in and says, Don't deal with him. It's a setup. That's li- that's lightning. He's a superhero. He's an Avenger. He's like, Ah, hell. And so he has to be having to blast them all. Not kill them. It's like, boom. They're like, Arr. You know, kind of comic booky. You know, they're all singed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's. He kind of monologues himself like, well, I used to be an Avenger. I'm on hiatus. I mean, I'm a non-active Avenger. I mean, no one's called me in years ever since the initiative. Which actually is nice that they brought up the Avengers initiative, which was from five years ago now, six, where every single state had their own, like, mini Avengers team. And the Texas Rangers, or their team was, uh, like, Living Lightning, Armadillo. I'm trying to remember the other ones. Texas Texas Twister. Yeah, Yeah, basically, you know, a bunch of Texas, you know, Southwest heroes. Um, He was on that team because he's from Texas. But after that all got uh, blown up, after turned out like scrolls were in charge of it, Mm. (laughs) half the teams were actually like run by scrolls. So it did not go well. So after that got blown up, you know, you got all these legitimate heroes who are now reserve Avengers. And it's kind of like, we'll call us, don't call us, we'll call you. You know, 
basically kind of letting you know the lay of the land uh, with this story arc. Um, it then goes to showing you like important Avengers doing important things. Wacky stuff starts happening. Also in the sky, you know, they're fighting these major threats. Also in the skies turns red, and if you're like you know, some of the Avengers, are like, oh no, what's going on? Cap, what do we? And they look at Cap, and he's blue. And he's just frozen. And basically, you start seeing all these key Avengers just like in stasis as these things start impacting the Earth. Things. And things falling from the sky, meteorites. Oh, they, ha- okay. they haven't really said what's in them yet. Oh, okay. They just look like meteorites. Right. And they're like, try- and all communication, like, basically has been shut down. Any satellite communication is gone. So anything that bounces off a satellite, done. Which means most cell service is actually done because a lot of it bounces through satellites uh, to get to hubs. So, done. The, uh, and they're like, wow, whatever that shielding around the Earth is, it's blocking all our signals. And then it shows the the shield uh, or sword base up in orbit with Captain Marvel, and the Earth is gone. It's just been removed. Oh, that's and they're like, not great. Uh, that's that's bad. Someone uh, do a scan or something. Someone find the Earth. <laughs> I hell, we just got the thing back. <laughs> I just got back there. I wanted to go. I wanted to go on a beach. We just got I a buffed. We just <laughs> we just got it detailed after Evil Cap was there. Come on. Um, <laughs> so, um. Wait, 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 wait. What, what was she doing up in that satellite? I would not set foot in that satellite for at least a year. It's, with all the problems she had up there. For uh, one, no like, kidding. You would think. You would think. But, you know, I no one likes know. runners. I mean, like, oh, your your post is back up at the station. Like, you can suck it. Well, every time she I, goes down to I'm Earth. Going to Tahiti. Well, every time she goes back to Earth, they're like, didn't you get in a big fight over Iron Man where he said building that thing was a really bad idea? And then you framed him for a bunch of crimes and did it anyway? Didn't that... Oh, whoa, the satellite's calling. I got a... Whoo, busy. <laughs> oh, it's a damn damn you don't thing. Okay, yeah, gotcha. pretty much. Gotcha. All right. uh, no one likes her until her movie comes out, and then they'll make her character likable again. Gotcha. I said it. Uh, so, all of these uh, major heroes are shown at Frozen. Like, Falcon's not Frozen. Hercules isn't Frozen. <laughs> Falcon was, was was at one time supposed to be Captain America. He's like, nah. Uh, they so dragged him through the mud. I hate it. They did. They did. Um, they screwed him over. Most of the U.S. Avengers, like uh, Squirrel Girl, they're all fine. Of course. But he... yeah. actually, no. Squirrel Girl gets fr- gets trapped. So does Vision. Uh, okay. Storm, Colossus. Okay. Sure. Basically, you got all uh, the original Wasp, Janet Pym. Basically, all these high-profile people all just get frozen in stasis. And the people who aren't frozen, you know, the people in charge, kind of like, all right, activate all the Avengers right now. This is a worldwide event going on. We're losing Avengers. The sky is red. We have no communication. So they activate the Avengers cards, which work cross-dimensionally. So they don't need satellites. So they basically tell all the Avengers to assemble at New York. And when they get there, you know... It's not quite the dregs of the Avengers, but it's definitely the B team. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Um, I mean, you got Wonder Man, you got Rogue, you got Fem well, Thor. Wonder Man and Rogue can hold their own. They, I mean, uh, you're, I'm saying you got the losers. I mean, you even got Scarlet yeah. Witch is fine. Yeah, Scarlet Witch is good. Scarlet but Witch is good. it'd be really nice Scarlet. to have, you know, Thor, Cap, and Iron Man on your hey, team. Hey, you got Hercules. Shut your hole. In <laughs> fact, don't don't say I'd rather have Thor around Hercules. Probably not a good idea. Well, they always they're they're cool with each other. They just always end up arm wrestling at some point. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> that always happens at some point, which is entertaining. Um, but Rogue is starts you know 
like all right, you know, she because she was acting as the head of the Unity Squad, starts showing up talking with uh, Roberto da Costa, who was the head of the U.S. Avengers, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, so what's the hell's going on? Uh, can everyone here? Not, is everyone here not on pause? Can we move? There's, and uh, so all these people are coming together, and then they find that Jarvis actually got injured in one of the attacks. That a, that the, the rebuilt mansion just fell on him after he was pushing a kid out of the way of debris. So right. they're trying to take him to the hospital, take care of him. And Rogue is trying to like get some semblance of order together when Quicksilver is like, why? I mean, let's start digging into her. It's like, didn't you just cause the collapse of an Avengers team? So what the hell? Are you, didn't you say you want no part of this? What the hell are you even doing here? And she starts, he, so he, he's you know, being a dick. As he always is. Mm. Um, and, and he's like, you shouldn't be in charge here. What makes you think you're in charge? And she starts thinking, well, you know, there's a lot of people here who don't think quite differently from him. And she didn't say this in charge, you know. And he says, like, why do you even include me on the alert anyway? And then this voice comes from off panel. She didn't. I did. Sorry I'm a little late, everyone. And then this chick shows up. And is like, oh, I don't believe it. After all these years, I knew this it. She's trick. back. It's like always, after all, I know what we say, Avengers assemble. And it's some chick in yellow named Vanguard. Da-da-da, there she is. You'll notice behind her is the classic statue of the original Avengers, and she's in it. Mm-hmm. Now, what is wrong with that? Doesn't make any sense to me. Right. The original Avengers are Wasp, Ant-Man, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk. They yes. all united to fight Loki. Because Loki right. accidentally united them. Right. Made a mistake. But what's funny is actually if you read like the retcon history of Loki explaining that, Loki did it on purpose. I actually kind of like the retcon thing Loki's gone through recently. Is that he on purposely knew what would happen if he did that because he saw the external threats about to come to Earth. Other gods, the scrolls, um, all these huge world-beating events were about to happen. And individually, these guys were going to get picked off. He needed them together because he wants to rule. He wants to rule the earth, and if they're all defeated, it kind of beats the point. And he wants his worshippers to be okay, but he can't work directly, and he can't ask for help. If he had asked for help, he knew Thor would have laughed in his face. So he had to do it. I, I kind of like that retcon. It's BS, but I find yeah, it entertaining. Much BS. Okay. It is, but Loki's also always supposed to be the trickster guy, supposed to be thinking three steps ahead. So I, I kind of... He's never been portrayed that way, but... He, okay. he has been ever since Tom Hiddleston's been playing him. Well, yes. <laughs> okay, there, I mean in comics. Yeah, it, well, in the yeah in the comics. He's, Not he's until then. A, he's always been a dullard idiot in yeah, comics. And, like, you should but, have seen that coming, stupid. Yeah, but since Tom Hiddleston played him, he's actually been written as a charming, charismatic, and intelligent. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's actually a really awesome Loki miniseries where he ran for president. Highly recommended. Um, okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, anyway so, back so to this. this, this Vanguard so this lady. Vanguard chick shows up, and everyone's like, seems to know who she is. Now she's not with the original Avengers. Everyone yep. knows this meta-wise. They know it. But after Kobik rebuilt everything, she was in the statue. This Vanguard chick was. Why? Kobik put her in there. Why? I don't know. That's part of the story. Um, Wait, wait, wait. What what, what makes you think that Kobik did it? Because that's the first time you saw her in the statue. 
Oh, when when she, when at the end of Secret Empire, when Kobeck rebuilt everything. Well, she rebuilt some things, not everything. Not everything but yeah, she when she rebuilt some. stuff, you saw that statue and that uh, Vanguard chick was in. That's the first. Okay, okay, yeah, you didn't tell me that part. Okay, yeah, I didn't read any of the Secret Empire nonsense. Don't. Um, also, there was a series of Avengers. I forget what they called when they were actually like uh, showing like past events. And a lot of them had to do with Avenger X, um, who was looked a lot like Vanguard. Um, but she had the power to amplify all the Avengers' powers. They were all super strong and super fast. Like, oh, this is awesome. And then they found out that they got that power when they were around her because she was sucking the life out of other people. Oh, ouch. And she was like, like – just bystander, like random folk? Yes, Okay. And the rest of Avengers were assuming, oh, they were injured in the fight. We will help them. No, that's not what's going on. Uh, when they wow. figured it out, she's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Because she actually was just manipulating them to put herself in a position where she would be able to like drain their power for herself and take over the world. Mm. Um, and that actually ended really darkly. Because mm. they showed her, Avenger X, being like in the statue, kind of the same pose. So I don't... Think, I think they're different characters, but if it's the same, the basically she in a fight against the Avengers, they barely beat her by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. And then when she was weak and wounded, um, and on the run, a bunch of the supervillains who she nearly killed, the uh, the, the fearsome four. Okay. Uh, the wizard, trapster, Sandman, and Medusa. Um, caught up with her while she was weak and wounded. They're like, you nearly killed us. You made us look like chumps. Mm. And now your buddies ain't around to defend you. And they actually kill her. <laughs> nice. And so she ends up getting buried, you know, you know, Avenger X is mourned, but they're calling her a Vanguard, not Avenger X. So I don't think it's the same Maybe thing. She's different. I don't yeah. Know. It might be the same because the statues look the same. But that's another piece of retcon history. I'm not sure if they agree. Comic history is so fractured. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. as is, I'm going with, that's why Kobuk remade the statue. She edited okay. the timeline to put this Vanguard person in. So I don't, so I'm pretty much guessing that this Vanguard person is either a cosmic force who's going to help reunite the multiverse or something, or she's an existential threat from within who they're going to have to figure out how to defeat. One of the, it has to be one or the other. I mean, I, it, it, it wouldn't be a it would be a grand Marvel gesture if it was something in the middle. Mm, doubtful. So, well, it's possible with some deaf writing. I mean, Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub are actually pretty good writers. Um, I'm especially fond of Al Ewing. Uh, Mark Wade, Jim Zub are both really good too. So, I believe they could pull it off something in the middle where she is both hero and villain, like maybe a threat and doesn't realize it mm. type thing. But the beginning has piqued my interest, but I also don't like storylines where they have to say, all right, we're pulling your power pieces off the field because I don't want to deal with them and do this. Yeah, that just seems like lazy writing. Right. But it also could be in who's a core Avenger. Except Scarlet Witch is still there. And she's yeah. a core Avenger. So that's my problem with that. I mean, she was yeah. part of the second she's version. in charge. Well, Scarlet Witch was part of Cap's kooky quartet, which was like the second Avengers team, essentially. 
because their original Avengers team added Cap, and they then they really became the Avengers, and then they disbanded. Well, they 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 hired new people. The originals left, so it became Cap's kooky quartet, which was mm-hmm. Cap, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch. Uh, highly recommend you reading those old issues of the Cap's kooky quartet because. They're entertaining, but it's really interesting to see the Avengers go from like, ha ha, we got Hulk and Thor on our team, to, wow, we got this chick who could make things fall over and a guy who runs fast, and uh, a sideshow archer. We are so hosed. Sideshow archer. Yeah, that's what and, he was. He was and a, and a, and a, a guy who throws a trash can lid. We got that guy, too. So, right. Yeah. We got an old soldier who they respected, but then you had an ex-villain, ex-carny with a bow. You know, a guy who could run pretty fast. And a chick whose hex powers at most made someone's hair fall over their face. That was what you had. Mm. <laughs> it was pretty bad. But there's some weird, crazy plots that went on then. Um, like the guy, like the human bombs. Ooh, those were good. They would press down the big plunger on their head and explode. They were. They were wow. It sounds silly wow, until you realize great. these yeah. guys are suicide bombers. Well, yeah, you'd have to be. Yeah, they uh, who are like they were like they were suicide bomber terrorists. They were trying to kill people. They just, like mutants and anyone with dark skin who they didn't like. Uh, so then they look kind of weird with the big Kirby suits. The Walmart brand Avengers. That's exactly what they did. They they got rid of the you know the the top shelf Avengers and now now, now you got the you know the. The Sam's Club, Costco, well, Walmart. Ask brand. yourself what position you've become in when Squirrel Girls become a top tier Avenger. No, no, worse. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the the idiot who was who was with Squirrel Girl in the West Coast Avengers, uh, Mister Incredible, or oh, you're trying the the, the who, Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, Great Lakes Avengers, right, right. And the, the guy the guy who couldn't die because hell couldn't have. Is him that Mister Immortal? Immortal? That's it, Mister Immortal. Yeah. That's his only power is that he can't die. He can feel pain and, and be stopped just like any dude. He just can't die. Well, it's and, very... and and he was a super D-bag. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, they also had, was it Flatman? Yeah, Flatman. Yes. And Flatman and Big Dinosaur. Bertha. A dinosaur, Big yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah. Big Bertha. I think it was Big Bertha. Yeah. Who was a supermodel, but she gained her powers, gained mass. So yep. she became like a super fat girl. Yep. Yep. Like the, the the blob's wet dream at that point. Well, he, who says the blob's a chubby chaser? I mean, just because he's that way doesn't mean he has to be. Hey, you know what? The some, blob some can love whoever he are, wants. are given a lot in life, and they learn to accept it. Love is love, if, baby. If your name is the blob, that's kind of hurtful to learn... too when you think about it. I wonder why he never complained about that. He must have like really low self-esteem. He did. <laughs> you would have to. He did. Nothing can stop him though, or nothing can move him. Nothing can move. Nothing the can blob. move him. Yeah, including himself, and he, and he he couldn't move himself to touch himself either. Well, was That's it probably the jug- why he had low self esteem. I'm trying to remember if it was Juggernaut or Colossus. One of them actually like ended up going up against against him. He's like, "Oh, you can't move me." He grabbed and just picked him up, and it pulled the ground up with him. But he just picked him up and moved him. Probably the Juggernaut, just because in you know immovable object, unstoppable force yeah. type problem. Yeah. And he just ended up picking him up, and and Blob was extremely surprised, <laughs> and the ground anyway, came with anyway. him. Anyway. Anyway. What do we got for this? What do you think? Um, as, as a beginner issue. As I was saying, I usually have issues where you pull all your power pieces off the table. I think they're doing this not so much as in, ha, huh, now you can't stop me. But they're trying to show, if you left them in, the story would be, 
Cap, what do we do? You know, Thor, go do this. You know, that Iron Man, what do we do? That would be the story. So they got to pull those guys out. To tell know. a different story. Right. And so I, I understand it then. Um, also, if this Vanguard chick is trying to pull aside anyone who might remember she's not real, those are the guys you get rid of. Uh, the people who were there and the people who are archivists. You get rid of them. And Squirrel Girl, because she can't be beaten. Um, Technically, yes. She, she is. She, <laughs> I, I, I have seen reports that she is an Omega-level mutant. Uh, she is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah, That's the name of her comic. So I understand that. It has piqued my interest. I want to know where this goes. I'm not... When the when Secret Empire's first thing happened, I rolled my eyes and didn't care. When the Secret Invasion angle happened, I wanted to know where it ended. I didn't like where it ended, but I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, when the second Civil War happened, I rolled my eyes. When the first Civil War happened, I wanted to know. So it's a good start that I really want to know where this goes. Judging by past Marvel big giant cosmic events so I am guardedly optimistic I like the story it was easy to follow big dramatic events Uh, you don't know where it's going quite yet the Mm -hmm. B team has been assembled which you know America loves an underdog so I want to see the plucky underdogs fight it out Um, I'm actually going to rate this pretty highly I'm going to give it four stars wow Um, that is pretty high I, like I said, I enjoy where the story's going. My interest is peaked. I have a couple issues with it. Um, but I just really also really enjoyed the way uh, Pepe Larraz set the scenes. I really did. He ha- has a nice sense of space and how to make a story interesting. So uh, he can get a little busy, but I don't know if that's the issue with him or the coloring so much. But yeah, uh, four stars. Okay. I like it. I'm looking forward to the next issue. I don't know if this is the start of it coming out weekly or not. I'll find out next week. Yes, you will. And so will you. So thank you, everyone. Hope you enjoyed Garthon's comic poll. For more Garthon, you can check out my comic poll. Check out my team-ups, as we mentioned earlier, with Heathen Dog. Uh, do in Warframe on Sunday nights at... We do that 9 or 10? 9.30. 9.30! I was right in the middle there. Uh, 9.30 on Sunday nights, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. Uh, also check out when we stream the Star Trek Online Foundry missions Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On to the RNG, where we talk about random things that yes. are happening randomly. Now, everyone's going to get your turn. Now, uh, to, to be fair, uh, uh, Playboy Daddy should have had his thing in the RNG because, you know. It was a little off, but no, that was a, it was a good question. Yeah, it was a good question, but it should be for now. But uh, just a few days ago, uh, Star Trek Online came out with a with a new idea. The Duncan Idaho likes this. I like it. Yes. Uh, the re-engineer mechanic. All right. Now the idea is that you 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 take an item you have. That person has and... a lot of dilithium. Good golly. Yes. That. Well, this is this is obviously a. <laughs> it's a dev account. I know. I'm yeah. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you 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 take a weapon. Say this this anti proton beam, and you've maxed it out. It's epic. It's it's Mark fourteen, but you're not satisfied with all of its, all of its uh, all of its uh, special abilities. You know, it has the accuracy damage that all epics do, but after that, you have accuracy, uh, critical hit, critical damage, and damage. You don't have any penetration. 
You don't have any overload. You don't have anything that's really cool. There's nothing really special about it. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing to to give it pizzazz. You know, accuracy sucks. Damage, it's eh. Critical hit or critical damage, depending on your load, neither one of those things matter. You know, you want penetration because who who doesn't want extra penetration well, armor? Yeah. Come yeah. on. You know, you want overload because you want you want a chance that you'll just randomly just go overload and do five times damage. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Thank you. So you have the ability now for a certain dilithium cost and for a certain new uh new uh what do you call it, commodity. Uh, Ooh, salvage, big word. Yes, like salvage. You can you can uh, randomly roll. There, there there is a gif of them actually doing this. You you uh, you unlock all the all the possibilities and then you hit randomize and you have it'll it'll randomly roll like like a slot machine. Just said ding, GIF. Ding, ding, ding 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 and it'll change them all to a random setting, and you can lock the one you want. Now, every for every one you have locked, the dilithium and salvage costs go up. So, in their example, the dilithium cost to unlock and randomly roll all five is six hundred and fifty dilithium, which is nothing. That's it's not bad. Paltry, but the moment you lock one up, that goes up. You lock two, it goes up even more. So, so you just roll in one slot, it's going to get real expensive. Oh, yeah. The more you want to dial in, that's the more that's going to cost uh, you, which is smart. I like that. Now, now salvage, this, this, this new commodity has gotten uh, just through, through everyday, everyday uh, gaming. You know, uh, Garthon, we're, we're endgame players, and we throw away white and green loot. We oh, tons of it. it. Tons of it. We throw it like, like it is garbage, because it is. It's garbage to us. It's not it's, even it's worth not, trying to vendor. It's... Yeah. It's not worth discarding. That's how worthless it is. But now, along with the discard and discard all option, we now have the salvage option. Ooh, which I like. And even the white and green loot will give you salvage. As Uncle was mentioning, makes these things actually valuable. Yes, it makes that stupid white and green loot for endgame players actually valuable again, which is great. So, so far, we have we have a, a slot machine mechanic, which I think is going to run afoul with, uh, with some people who don't like the gambling addiction well type it's not really pastor. gotcha because you're not offering new items i don't okay okay but uh, it's it's a little too much like gambling for for my taste to, to be super morally you know sound but uh you you also you also have a salvage mechanic that is that is making old stuff useful again that's great here's here's the problem i foresee it's going to kill the exchange the exchange lives on rarity and scarcity of of these especially weapons of of these uh, special uh type weapons that have pen you know pe- penetration well, mechanic and have overlord and have uh, uh, over overload sorry and have uh it's uh, it is possible and stuff like that. Well, it's possible it reduces the well, cost but you got to think yes, how much it's, it's going to cost to make that because if 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 you look for say uh an anti proton very rare anti-proton beam array, it's going to be X price. You look for anti-proton beam array, very rare, with penetration, it's going to be at least double that price because it's better. But now you can just re-roll a whole bunch of times and make it yourself. You can make penetrating yourself. You re-roll all five until you get one of them penetrating and you stop. And then... You, you use regular regular means to up the mark level and the rarity level, 
and now now you have a Mark 14 ep epic penetrating weapon on on all your weapon slots on your ships for relatively comparatively much cheaper the cost. That's what I foresee in the future. And there's going to be a giant readjustment in the exchange in the in player economy. Yeah, I do it, see that. But then again, big hit. That's not a bad thing. Maybe not. Um, there's there's going to be chaos and turmoil, though. There's definitely going to be well, that. Well, that needs to happen. I, right now, the in-game exchange stuff is so static. It's true. That's right. That, you know, it, it does need some sort of toss-up. I don't – I like the idea of salvage. I don't like having another currency to mess with. But That's then true. again, what are you going to use slot, instead of that, you know? you know? Yeah, I get it. I, I almost wonder why they can't – well, never mind. I'll say why can't just directly dump items into it. Well, because then you have to hold a billion items. Instead of just making the items into that item into a currency, right? So, and, and I, I don't know if salvage is going to be a commodity like say, uh, like say uh, your uh, craftable items that can stack up to nine hundred ninety nine, and take take barely well, any space. Well, judging by or, just this or, or image, are they only going to be able to stack to twenty and take all kinds of space in the world? I don't well, know. Judging by this image, it looks like it's treated like a currency, like dilithium or something, so like. you can it have like, yes. millions and just dump it so in. So it's not going to take any inventory slot at all. It's right. actually going to free up inventory slots for endgame players. Right, so it's going to be a new currency, not necessarily a commodity. In the way you think the commodity of being items and stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be inventory. It, it, yeah, Duck.io agrees it's going to be it's going to be like, a, like, like dilithium or energy credits. It's going to be a wallet. Right. Which yeah. makes sense. Which is great because I got too much stuff in my inventory already. You and me both. I know. Buying all these but different yeah. crafting pieces and stuff. Yeah. 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 So th this this is my this is my uh, my little uh, future site for uh, for for this thing. Um, it's for for the non exchange heavy and and non normal crafter. This is and but but still level fifty to to level forty to fifty or whatever. It's going to be a great boon for him because he doesn't have to spend, you know, 13 to 26 million energy credits on the exchange per weapon to get the kind of weapon he wants. You know, he's got a new build. He bought a new T6 ship, but he wants a, he wants a new Polaron build. Well, he's got his old Polaron stuff, but he wants different characteristics. Well, he can spend the relatively cheap cost of Dalithium and Salvage to, to build the ship, the ship's weapons or ship's... Uh, stuff to his to his new you know uh vision and not spend 100 million energy credits that's great but for the people who have who are at, who are at the end game and love the the in the in-game marketplace that is going to be go you know ass over apple cart for a while i mean it th this is going to cause that to have some severe fluctuations and market changes it's, it's so, going to be an interesting yeah. time i think that's good Yes. So yeah, uh, get 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 ready for some chaos if you're if you if you run the market. But if you don't run the market, this is only going to benefit you. Well, it also benefit. It's also good because you do have a lot. Not say a lot, but you have a good amount of players out there who've been playing the game since launch. Mm -hmm. Maybe on and off, but since launch, they're going to have their favorite ship, maxed out weapons, sure. and they just sit and sit on that build and do nothing. This is going to get them reason to modify that bill, to try and change something up, to take part in the economy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that is also interesting. That's, that's a possibility, yes. I, but I, I think everything in the market is going to get cheaper. And, uh, not wide items. Not what? 
uh, just generic white gear, trash gear. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's going to be gone. Yeah, there's, that's going to sell out. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that crap, that crap's going to be gone. But, you know, since, since it drops for nothing, yeah. you know, it's not going to be super expensive. You're just not going to be able to find it. It's not going to be sellable. It's not going to be on the market. Yeah, no people, gonna, gonna, people are going to salvage it. They're going to turn it into salvage. White right. items are not going to be on the market Which anymore. Which is going to turn some things kind of expensive. Yeah, like uh, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be chaos. Because that might turn like something that you know is super cheap right now. Say like a level 12 white uh, Polaron cannon is all of a sudden going to get kind of expensive because people usually just salvage those. And if you have your lower rare. level... And, and, and anything rare is going to be expensive, right? Yeah, you want that ship. It's like, oh, crap. You know, even if it's a green, you might get salvaged. So that's uh, going to be something. So that's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. I, I, I foresee a lot of, uh, of forum flame. Oh, uh, that's always good stuff. From, from the Vanguard, I do. The Let them be angry. Vanguard. Their anger is like the cries of joy to me. <laughs> anyway, that's what I got for my RNG. No, that's very good. That's a good RNG. I like it. Does anyone I, I, in, the, in the chat today have anything they want to talk about? Anything we've already talked about, <laughs> want us to expand upon? Doug Nio's tip is to stockpile loot now. Stockpile loot now. Well, no, hey, all you got to do is, is play is play a Foundry mission every day. That's You'll true. you get all the loot you need. Oh, play, uh, what's the one we just did? The... Ludomatic 3000. Uh, yeah, you do Ludomatic 3000. Ludomatic well, 3000. Why did we go through that? It didn't drop loot for me. That was sad. That that is that it only stops dropping loot when you reach your daily loot. Excellent. That'll do it, though. All right. Thank you very much, Heathen Dog. That's good RNG. You're welcome, Carthon. Thanks, Heathen Dog. I said you're welcome. I, I said didn't you're hear. Welcome. I didn't hear you. Oh, you glitched. All right. So thank you, everyone, for paying attention to us. If you Remember, Max Leo and Elgarian are streaming as well. Uh, Max Leo has been his on hiatus until February due to his ISP in Germany hating him and yes. all things beautiful. And being being sucky German ISP. That's what Yeah. Um, I have many ready-made comments to insult Germans and their ISPs, but you know what? I'm not going to say them. Oh. They can just consider themselves insulted. Boom. I'm not going to make any comments that need the extra bandwidth for Shiza videos or anything. So, <laughs> um, Elgarian stream Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Shroud of the Avatar Forsaken Virtues Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it's really amazing to see where this game has gone over its development. Um, and he is super knowledgeable on the whole thing. Oh, Jesus, yes. So I really like watching his streams just so I can – well, I, I watch, the, watch them on YouTube later. So I can learn everything going on. Uh, he does a great job walking through it for both new and old. Hey, Real Tucci. Oh, you're here. Um, I'm, I'm going to stop saying nice things about him now because he's here. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great stream. I've really enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it if you're at all interested in Shroud of the Avatar. Yes. And also check out his links, Role Players of the Avatar, the premier role-playing community for Shroud of the Avatar, and Soda Help. Shroud of the Avatar Help. SodaHelp.org. That's right. Uh, yes, memorize this slide. It's important to you. This is the complete Perfect. streaming schedule for the Legion of Myths. Max is on hiatus right now, so don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry about Fridays. For Fridays are blank right now. That's right. Don't worry about it. Fridays are blank with the don't big green that. M. Don't worry about that. So, thank you, everyone. You have any final words of wisdom there? Well, heathen dog. All no. right. That's a no. Excellent. <laughs> All wisdom has no. been distributed. All right. See you later, Ognato.
Remember, you can like, subscribe, or comment. Check us out at twitch.tv slash legionofmyth on YouTube. Just go to YouTube. I'm sure you know YouTube, kids. Uh, no. Just type in Legion of Myth in the search page and You'll watch all of our videos. Not all at once. That's thousands of hours. Yeah, you won't make it. That's literally thousands of hours because there's over, what, 1,200 videos now? Something like that. Yeah. Check out our Reddit page at reddit.com slash r slash legionofmyth. Also, make sure to check out us on Facebook. Visit our Facebook page. Comment. Like us. Subscribe. Uh, tweet us at Legion Myth. We actually are pretty active there. We like to go talk a lot with our Star Trek peeps, especially those in the Foundry Roundtable. Always good to see you guys around. Check us out on Discord, Facebook Messenger. Join our Steam community at steamcommunity.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. Or when you're in your Steam app, just you know, look for Legion of Myth. The audio version of this is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. You can support the Legion of Myth through patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. New updated page. Check it out. Through a Twitch streaming subscription, twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. A Streamlabs donation is nice. Twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. Directly through PayPal, paypal.me slash Legion of Myth. Or get our gear, impress all your friends, warn your enemies. With shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Like give a special thank you to our top subscribers of 2018, Baldahar through Patreon, Sheris and Elgarian through Streamlabs, Baldahar, Erwin Robin, the Cool's Harem, the Magical Cat Girl Fanboy, Spectrofire, Level 99 Cat Girl Armor Lover, Heathen Dog, and Alan51 through PayPal. Thank you so much. It is your generous donations that allow us to keep going at this high level of quality. They can only get better, folks, thanks to you. Yeah. We do appreciate you, our viewers. So remember, everyone, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great diurnal anomaly.